Welcome to LFG 1904 show. Yeah! It's your boy B. Graf. I'm joined by Dustin, and I'm joined by Andrew. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. You know the fucking deal. Thank you for having me on again. Look at you. You just I'm keep showing up, it. and you keep being part of. I keep popping into you guys' lives. It's crazy how this happens. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Fucking Boys. recovery. Dude. Can't get rid of them. What? A fucking <laughs> morning we've had already. We already fuck. Hey, fuck face. <laughs> damn cat. <laughs> fucking already hit the gym. Fucking... I'm still Feel zooming. Feeling fucking swole, dude. Feeling fucking Got that pump on, you know? Straight up swole is the goal size of the prize. Let's go. Uh, I like doing morning shows. Morning shows are dope. Yeah. I feel like I start my day off right. For sure. <laughs> fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, because we talk about recovery, too. So, you know, it's a fucking it feeds my soul. Man. Filling my cup. Yeah. Speaking of filling my cup, welcome to the show. Kenny, how you oh, doing, man? Yeah. I'm doing all right, man. Yes. Fuck yeah. yeah. Dude, I you are... Uh, Really big in the San Diego uh, program that we go to, and a lot of people have been like, you got to get him on the show, and I just want to say thank you for fucking taking time out of your day to come do this with us. Like, I'm really, really, really excited for the message you're about to share, man. Well, you know, thanks for that, man, but 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 truthfully, man, it's like, like I am in awe of you guys and, and how far you've come, man, and, and when you, when Dustin and, and also Rafa asked me to come in, man, I was just like, fuck, that would be my, like, great honor bro because just because i'm i'm amongst legends here man stop yeah homie you're the only legend here we got we got great role models such as yourself my man this is like knights of the round table right here (laughs) (laughs) straight up dog hey uh you know real quick man kenny's been my fucking recovery hero dude for since I, I got clean, you know, so he used to come through crash and uh ian shared about it on his podcast too and it was you know, it was really, really cool to see guys like Kenny come back to the program. And, I mean, really, when he came back, I was like, holy shit, if this dude can do it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real. I feel the same like, way. 100%. Uh, when I was in there, I was, I was in Crash, I remember my turning point was him coming in and doing a graduate group. Right. Because when he shared his story, like... You listen. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> if that guy, yeah. if that guy can I do know. this, like, I could probably do it. Yeah. I could probably pull this off. <laughs> I, could probably, I could probably pull something out of my hat, you know? I know. Yeah. Fuck, let's kick it off right. Where are you from, Kenny? I'm from, uh, well, I was born and raised in San Diego. I have East County boy. All so right. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Fucking, that's a, it seems to be like addicts just come from San Diego. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, we, we 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 multiplied in Lakeside, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's For right. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, what was home life like? Uh, let's see. Uh, I was the youngest of of. Well, I had uh, three siblings, right? And I was like the last one, right? So. So my older brothers and sisters, uh, much older than me, except for a brother who's like a year and a half older than me. Uh, you know, typical fucking Santee story, you know. Uh, mom married young, had had a bunch of kids. Dad boned out. At, you know, I was still in diapers when dad boned out. So, right. so basically, you know, more raised by my brothers and sisters while my mom went out and... and Made you it know, happen. Did her thing, man. Made yeah. made it happen. But she, you know, she kept a roof over our head. She kept food on the table, man, and 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 it was all good, man. My mom did a hell of a job, man. I got, I'm a mama's boy from 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 way back, you know. So, so I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. I I met Kenny's mom because uh, when I was in the program, so we were able to 
um, do like volunteer work and um, I weed whacked her backyard. So we were able to like to get out of the house. And when, when you're in the house locked down and you haven't done anything but groups and, you know, that, that program, we weren't allowed to go to meetings. Like the meetings were brought to us. So we were locked down. So to, to be able to get for the, you know, further along in the program to where you can do some help. And it was fucking rad. How solid is that though, to have gone through a fucking treatment program or a behavioral modification program. And now mom's getting her backyard. We yeah. whacked and not, and courtesy. Not, and not to mention, we knew whose mother it was. So we're, that, that y'all Peace and cues. Really <laughs> Peas and cues. Yeah. Man, I want to, I want to, I want to, tell you guys that that one of the greatest things that happened you know they call it give backs with with crash right? right and they would they would have me come in and do these groups man and and i could meet people like dustin and andrew man and 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 you know kind of give them some hope or whatever man but one of the most impactful ones that i ever did was when they invited me to bring my mother to do a group wow and give her perspective as a mother of a child in treatment you know what I mean? Wow. And I not a child. Come on, I was 46 years old. Yep. So, so you know, think of all the worst shit that we done to our moms. Mm-hmm. And then in my case, you could multiply it by 10 or 100 probably, you know, because right. my mom, like, you know, traveled all over the state to visit me in different prisons and, and, and uh, you know, set, set outside the ICU unit while I was in there for a month and a half praying for me to, to survive this gunshot wound or, you know, just like I put my mom through hell. And then think about this, man, is that like, I got four brothers and sister. I got a younger sister too, from a, from a different marriage with my mom. But, but every one of us, um, straight up dope fiends, straight up doing all the dirt, straight up putting mom, multiply, you know, yeah. multiply, times a hundred what i did to her you know all the kids did then then yeah so so oh, fuck. so man my my poor mama went through it man <laughs> <laughs> like, you know that, I, that song mama tried makes me cry brother oh, <laughs> yeah i saw it i i didn't know that she came to the group and did that that's fucking amazing yeah that oh, was god yeah that were was, you in the house when that happened or after 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 oh, that was shoot. like a, that was like a give backs you know you wow. know when i was coming back doing doing uh you know groups and stuff and and they and I think it was uh, Kevin said, hey, man, why don't you bring your mom sometime? Oh, my God. That would have broke me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, there was, there was like, just like I'm looking out. You know how they used to set up the room where yeah. you set up by the chalkboard and, yeah. and, and and everybody's out there. And I'm looking at just tears in everybody's Fuck eyes yeah. when my mom was talking, man. And I was just like, man, so impactful. I wonder you if know? that, I wonder how, what, how many people stayed clean in that house that you did that to. Yeah. Well, I, you know, <sighs> I see him walking every day, man. Wow. Fuck, I saw Tamika take, what, six years the other day? Yeah. Nine, oh, years. nine years. Nine years. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Nine years. Nine years. Man, I'm just like, dude, that, yeah. shit, that shit hits me right in the heart, man. Right. Yeah. Fuck, uh, especially to yeah. see him walk in, yeah. smoked. Smoked. And then just fucking, here we are almost a decade later. That's fucking wild. Shout yeah, out to you, Tamika. Yeah. Fucking doing the deal. Nine you should have seen this fool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he still looks the same. Still sucked up and tall. But Hey, the fucking, uh, the stories that I heard about Andrew coming in with like clothes that just didn't fit in and shit. Oh, like, I, I came in with straight like federal sweatpants, federal Crocs, and federal socks, and a federal t-shirt. Yeah. And that's all I had. How yeah. nice. How tall are you? 
Huh? How tall are you? Six five. Six three. Six no, five. So, you know, the they rain. were for six foot people. So. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I was I was wearing a belly shirt. <laughs> I'm out here in my federal crop top. Just federal doing crop it. top and some capris, bro. <laughs> Woo! High waters. The floods coming. <laughs> <laughs> so you were raised by your older siblings. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, and they mm-hmm. they were already partying by the time. Not to not to date you, but what year is it? Oh, when my dad left? It, yeah. yeah. When that all took off, it was like 1966, so, 67, yeah. So you're in the 70s as a young young lad. Right, right. Oh, God. <laughs> but, but like, I remember that, like, like weird shit was going on back in them days. Like, <laughs> like you would sure. see, like, hippies going down the street yelling, peace and shit, too. And you're yeah. like, what the hell, you know? And uh, at the time, we lived in uh, East San Diego, you know, like like uh, 51st and El Cajon Boulevard, like five houses in off of El Cajon Boulevard. And it was like, wow, man, that was, it was a whole different world back then, man. Fuck, sure. I don't yeah. doubt it. Yeah. So being raised by the siblings, could you like pinpoint before you ever start touched any drugs that you, you had addict tendencies? It was always there, brother. Always? Always there. Like there has, there has been substances in my life, the entirety, like, okay. So, so after I got clean and, and I was like with my older sister who, who was more the one that raised me more than anybody, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, at what point did the substances come? Cause I just remember always using, you know, always something, you know? And she said, well, when you were still in, in diapers and still a toddler, you know, uh, we used to take uh, Mad Dog and Seven Up, mix it up and put it in your bottle. Oh, oh my yes. God! Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean? when you when you uh, or, or we would go in there and you'd be in your crib, man, and, and we would take these these uh, I don't know what they call them, master blasters or shotgunners or something. Basically, it's like a big plastic uh, squeeze bottle, you know, and they roll a joint and put it in the end, and then you screw it in oh, the yeah, end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah put your finger over the carburetor and, and they would hot box me in my crib. Oh, oh my God. God dude. Oh my God. So that was always there. It was always there. Yeah. 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 And, and, and like, you know, right now they have like, Oh my God, that's child abuse and all that shit, man. But, but it was the seventies. You know what? I, <laughs> here's the other part, man, is I wasn't complaining. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't complaining. I was like, here for the ride. And I was more yeah. easier to manage for them. They could party on. Right. right. Yeah. And now you're mellow and not crying or whatever. It's yeah, kid, right. you know, yeah, yeah. like we're being obnoxious or like, yeah. oh, no, Loki, he's, he's cool, guys. Yeah. yeah but I was that, I was that little toddler that you'd see like these biker keg parties, you know, just yeah. wandering around, everybody handing a beer, blowing smoke in my face or whatever. Right. You know, I, I was that kid, you know. Fuck. Yeah. So did mom party? Mom. Pretty st- Pretty straight Christian, you know, um, um, just worked, and her whole focus was um, providing, providing, yeah. keeping providing. the show going. Yeah, yeah, sounds and, like it. Yeah, and it, you know, you got to think about this aspect of it too, man. It is is when you're using that young, that becomes your mission. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, just like just like you know anybody with addiction, you know, that's their number one focus, you know, the getting, using and finding ways and means to get more. Yeah. Yeah. That took off for me from, from basically from, you know, out of the crib. Fuck. You know, and, um, being raised by my older brothers and sisters, we had one rule and it was like uh, under penalty of death. You don't let mom know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, you yeah. don't let mom know. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And I was successful at that, you know. But it was easy because, you know, mom's working. Uh, we lived in Santee, you know. Mom worked in Rancho Bernardo. She worked like 12-hour days managing a, a, a hair salon, you know. And then she'd drive back. So the she was dr- never around. Right. The, yeah. The drive from Santee to Rancho Bernardo at the time, this is before 52. Yeah. Oh, you know fuck. I mean? This yeah. was before uh, the easy way to go was to take uh, Mission Gorge Road all the way to 15 and then take 15 up to Rancho Bernardo. So that was a bit of a journey. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? So, so she, was, she was like an hour, hour and a half each way. Damn. Or, or an hour and a half. You know, total uh, commute on top of a 12-hour day. She'd come home tired, brother. She'd been on her feet all day, whatever, you know. So my contact with mom in my early, early years was just, you know, I had to to play the charade for maybe 10 minutes each night. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She's already gone when I got up in the morning. My sister would get me off to school or whatever, man. But, But just to be that cute little boy for her for five, 10 minutes was pretty easy to pull off. Yeah. Why are your eyes you know? so red, Kenny? Oh, I'm just so tired, Mom. Yeah, I'm just really tired. It was a long day. I was. I must be sweat. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but but what what does that do to a child that young, man? Is it teaches them at at a really young age how to perpetrate a fraud? Yeah. Fuck. Wow. You know what Fuck. I, mean? <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this. Oh story. yeah, yeah, God man. Damn. <laughs> you know. So so, so I grew up with that mentality. You know. Right. But. For the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of the day, my using was unchecked and unsupervised, and, and everybody was cool with whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. It, unless I was stealing their weed. They weren't They weren't cool yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, That's fucking but, gnarly. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, growing up with that mentality was just, uh, you know, and it took away my uh, childhood ambitions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this the spirit of a child. I mean, yeah. You guys are around kids. I, uh, you got kids, right? Yep. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So you see their little spirits, man. Just like fuck. Oh my god, look at that bird in the tree or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, they they. Just, I didn't have that, bro. I was just like, you know, how are we gonna get some? How are we gonna get some? You know, how are we gonna get the next one? I, yep. you know? I need this head change. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Fuck, man. I so, didn't think about that. And yeah, then it's yeah. like absent of love. Like as much as mom can give you, as much as older sister but older sister's got her own mission she's got going on like you were already like where most people find themselves getting loaded in their teenage years you were already in that in your adolescence the yeah. fucking brain just rewired yeah. and, and and as far as that aspect of it brother is, is like you know i wasn't getting that nurturing love you know what i mean like like my older brother's sisters were fucking gnarly yeah you know and and it was it was always like a you know i grew up in kind of a violent household as far as my siblings you know what i mean my my older brother who is just like fucking badass in the neighborhood and fucking everybody looked up to him and he beat everybody's ass and and like i wanted to be just like him you know and and then you know my my brother who's a year and a half older than me always had to prove to me that he could kick my ass Yep. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, like, my life ambition was not only to get high, but, but to eventually be able to beat his ass, which I achieved. <laughs> <laughs> which I achieved. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, 
but yeah, just you know, a lot, a lot of violence, a lot of fighting, and 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 partying, man, and and just you know, kind of a bizarre way to grow up, man. But but like I said, you know, uh, under penalty of law, don't let mom find out. You know, Fuck no. so so yeah. So going on into high school, what's what's life like? It's obviously you're you're chasing that. You got to be. Ooh, yeah. Did it yeah. excel from smoking weed and drinking? Incredibly, yeah. Oh fuck, yeah. You know that. You know the progression of this disease, brother. Yeah. You know what, yep. man. We just want to get it to the next level. Always, always in that on that mission to go from, you know, from yeah. This feels good, man. But it would feel better if we added a little <laughs> of this, you know, or, right. or or whatever, man. And and so yeah, I I started climbing the ladder really young, man. And, and um, uh, they had a lot of weird drugs back then. Can you tell us about lewds? Lutes, Quaaludes, 714 Lemons. Oh, oh come on, tell me. Oh, I want to know. <laughs> Brother, you missed a Lutes. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, it, 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 it was, um, those were interesting, bro. Yeah? Like, like girls would lose all ambition, you know, all, they. Anything becomes possible. Anything becomes possible, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> Summer love, baby. Yeah, yeah. It, it was an incredibly, um, uh, like, their inhibitions just went right out the window. <laughs> right, you know? and so did yours. You You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was, I was more into, um, like, like I started the, with the speed stuff. You know what I mean real early you know uh there was a dude that lived up at the top of my my uh cul-de-sac i was born on a or raised on a cul-de-sac you know and this dude lived up at the top of the cul-de-sac was like this um auto body guy and uh he used to pay us to go and you know run sandpaper on his cars you know like like her sand this door or whatever and uh one day man he just uh he goes hey i want you to try this I was like nine, you know, oh, nine. Oh and my I, snorted, I snorted my first line of bathtub crank, man. And I don't think I came home for two days, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> fuck. Where's Kenny? He's, yeah. he's off in the field yeah. somewhere. He's, he's making money. He's helping Jimmy, you know, it, which, which was, you know. He's been sanding a car for two days. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's up at Jimmy's garage sanding on a car, you know. Fuck. And, and, uh, and, and that was like, wow, you know, I, I need some more of that. And then, uh. They had uh, what were they called? Uh, pink ladies and cross tops and black beauties and all these, you know, basically speed, you know, in pill pill form. And hell, you could order them right out of the magazine. So were those they were, like the diet pills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so, fuck! So that that was a, that was a, a an era when you know p- uh, women diet dieting and you know yeah. getting skinny and everything was was like in pill form you know and they, and they were everywhere man and you could buy a like a rack of them for five bucks which was you know like five of them wrapped in aluminum or whatever yeah, yeah. and uh and shit that that'd take you off for two days man <laughs> yeah that's gnarly that you could order it out of the magazine like i remember yeah. or not, i don't remember but i i've done a lot of research on like the 60s and the 70s where like in hate ashbury they're selling lsd in the window of a, of a head shop and before yeah. they made it illegal and i'm like what the fuck and like yeah. hearing you could order pills out of a magazine like holy shit right well i mean i remember i remember you still do that in, in my time 
You know well, yeah, I mean? you could, and then we also had like the Silk Road where you could order fucking yeah, whatever, whatever you want well, on the internet. But yeah, uh, but the, uh, it was way different though. <laughs> where Kenny's yeah. talking about because yeah. that was just straight fucking crank. Right. That yeah. was before they cracked down on ephedrine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean. Right, ephedrine was like you know that's the main ingredient of yeah. most uh, methamphetamines that 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 are out there. You know, and, and um, and so they even put the uh, what was that stuff, man. Uh, uh, used to see these stickers on people's car and they'd go, lose weight now, ask me how. You know, remember that? Oh, yeah. And okay. it was like some big uh, 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 weight yeah. loss program. Yeah. That That's was... what killed, what's her name? Uh, Anna Nicole Smith. Really? Yeah. Wow. If she was like, that's how she went from, she was skinny, got big. Well, she got, she was skinny. Dude died. She got rich. She got big. She got skinny again, and it was an ephedrine-based diet pill. Yeah, and there, there like mixing a, them. I can't remember the name of it though. Too, I, I'll probably look it up right now, just because Herbalife. Yeah, Herbalife. Yeah. Okay, you remember? You remember yep. Herbalife? And those were everywhere. And like all the house moms were having them. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 so you could get on their program, you know, or just mail in, you know, <laughs> shoot <Whatever>. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's fucking. Yeah. That guy. That guy became a fucking millionaire. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and the, I remember the only thing I know about Black Beauties is the Bob Dylan song. Yeah, yeah, it was Johnny like, Cash dude. or Johnny Cash, like Johnny in the Cash. movie. Like that's that's what they're taking. I had no idea. Yeah, it's fucking oh, gnarly. Really? That was, those are the pills that, like, if you watch the movie, yeah, where like the dude shows up and her family, yeah, yeah, fucking shoots him off. Oh, okay. Funny thing about all that, man, is is that after the uh, ephedrine crackdown, well, like when when the feds got wise to ephedrine. Um, they tried to keep their little companies going in the magazines and whatever and keep selling pills, but they just um, substituted caffeine for the ephedrine. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> the industry kind of folded. Yeah. yeah. In on itself, for sure. Yeah. For sure. One last one last little go. Yeah. So we're... God damn, you're nine at Jimmy's house doing bathtub crank. I, I'm fucking like... I'm, I know. I mean, just, think, <laughs> just thinking about that, like fucking being nine years old i mean and, and he did mention you know at a younger age but like really the first time you're doing fucking crank and by the way crank back then i would imagine was real crank oh yeah. god i mean honestly i've done the only time i've done meth just a few times that has been like pure and ready to go and it was like a whole different fucking level of heightness yeah you know it's a fucking buck wild it hurt <laughs> it, it hurt, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> burned. burned yeah no yeah. shit yeah I, I, it was so good, I was scared to put it in a syringe. Like, that's, I swear to God, I was like, fuck you, I'm just going to snort this little bit, because if I fucking <laughs> shoot this shit, I'm going to be on one. Right? Oh. And I was in TJ. Like, I watched these fools, like, break the glass right in front of me, you know what I mean? Oh, Being damn. all fucking a junkie that I was, I was just, like, foaming for the mouth, like, oh, my God, God give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> Get wiggly. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, horrible. Horrible. So the progression, you know, yeah. was was not gradual. It skyrocketed, you know, for, for as soon as I could um, start, you know, getting my own instead of what they were putting putting on me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it, I was out of control, man. Yeah, out of control. I remember, uh, you know, I turned the clock back to where I was in kindergarten, man. And um, and at the time, uh, my mom, like, you know, worked in Rancho Bernardo. My brothers and sisters were in high school, you know, uh, and I was in um, Sycamore Canyon uh, Elementary School in kindergarten, and I got sick, you know, like like I had like a belly ache or whatever. I went to the nurses, 
The nurses took my temperature. Oh, he's got a fever. We got to send him home. And uh, they couldn't get a hold of nobody to to come get me. So they called my grandparents who lived out in El Cajon. You know, and they're, you know, 75-ish or whatever. I don't even know. They they were super old to me because I was five, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, So they took me to their house. And, you know, they came, picked me up at school, took me to their house and, and they set me up in front of the TV with, you know, pillows and a couple of blankets and, and, you know, something to drink. And then they went about their business somewhere else in the house, man. And I'm sitting there watching cartoons or whatever I'm watching, man. And, uh, probably HR puff and stuff or some shit, yeah. <laughs> something you guys never heard of. <laughs> so, uh, my grandparents we were- had, had this, this bottle and it was like, you ever seen them in old people's houses? They're like a really tall bottle, you know, and it's usually like some kind of colored glass. And they, and it's like a uh, wine bottle from, I don't know, Turkey or somewhere, yeah. man, with, with, a, with a glass stopper in the top. And this thing was full to the top of quarters, nickels, and dimes, man. And, uh, and I remember leaving that place, man, and I must have had about $25 in my shoes, man, because I, I, I was – I wore cowboy boots even when I was five. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> so, right. So I had I had the my shoes filled with quarters, nickels, dimes, and pennies, and I just knew I was getting ready to get, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, we're about to I had get the, something. I had the funds to get high for at least the next week. In kindergarten. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so that's how it's like yeah. you know, when when you start thinking about like you know, the things we do for, for our drugs and yeah. And, and what we do as an adult, but but that's what you do as a five-year-old, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Wild. I have a seven-year-old son, and I, at this point, couldn't see him having the foresight to think that far ahead. Yeah. So you're fucking miles and miles ahead of your fucking demographic. The crazy thing is, is like, I have that same story. Like, yeah. It wasn't for getting high, but I was like super young and like, I knew where my dad kept all the like change, you know, and it was in one of those like gallon wine jugs. And like, I took it and I took it to school and I opened my mouth and I got in trouble for it. Cause like I stole like $45 worth of quarters and like, but yeah, dude, like that's the shit that us addicts do. Right. Even when we're young, even before we're using, I mean, in your case you were, but like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that ever did shit like that. <laughs> So, so, you know, the next, um, I guess, milestone of my progression was starting to, um, you know, go intravenous, right? And, um, and that happened for me when I was about 12. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What oh, the fuck? God <laughs> damn. Buckle up, motherfuckers. Yeah. So, so at that, that, that's a turning point in, uh, in, oh, yeah. in yeah. a young yeah. life. Yeah. 100%. You know I mean? a, a turning point in a young life. And and I became, you know, I transformed from, like, that that kid. Look, I had a lot of friends when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They were all the kids in my neighborhood. They all knew, you know, hang out with Kenny. We're going to get high. <laughs> right. know, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, so 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 I had all these friends, man. And, and, um, and when I started doing that, they didn't matter anymore. You know what? Unless unless it was you know some some form of a come up. Yeah. You know. So so yeah. Uh, dude, I just like I had this like infatuation with the intravenous thing, right? Like, I had a a, a stepdad at the time, right? And he had a lot of medical issues. He had had a stroke, and they were giving him all these um, 
phenobarbitals and all these like different you know whatever drugs right you know to to manage his his um symptoms from his stroke and i remember i would take and i would just like dump a pill in a spoon and not even know what it is you know and just like mix it up and you know do the cotton deal and and i would shoot myself with this weird stuff man and i have no idea what you know what it was going to do to me but none of it ever worked (laughs) (laughs) none of it ever worked you know and the crazy thing is it didn't even fucking matter like (laughs) no i mean no no, i mean i i would actually just do water yep Just, I've, done, I've done that. Though. Just yeah, do, do water just yeah. to get the, yeah. like, you know, the ritual. B- because yeah. uh, I was going to say that anybody that's was the IV used, it's fucking just loading it up. Like the process from getting it to fucking finding a vein. Yeah. There's a ritualistic infatuation. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Absolutely. It yeah. Yeah. It's so. sickening. It, I mean, I, I was thinking about, you know, you started, you did at 12. And like, I remember my first time doing it, I was 26. But it was like life changing. I was eighteen, it was like, I was and 18. it was just like as soon as I did it, it was like this yeah. is the only way I'm ever going to use. Well, and yeah. not like, and not to mention too, it was like wow. I mean, I remember doing it. I'm like wow, I'm really hitting the bottom. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was like the disease, and then like my higher power, like working at the same time. So it was it really fucked my high up, but then the disease took over. Yep, you know it got, what I mean? it got really weird when I was trying to like like you know share it with my friends. Right. You know what I mean? They were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're like, like "Whoa, dude!" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. I remember being doing drugs with people, and I had been interested. My dad was diabetic, so that was a hustle for a while. Was Riggs? Mm-hmm. He had Riggs, fucking like, and he didn't fucking take care of himself. So we had like 300 boxes of fucking 10 mils, and it was like good to go. Oh shit! And I We'd remember, have been such friends. Oh <laughs> god, it was a hustle. Three yeah. for five. Three for five. Three for five. And like, I remember doing blow with people, and be like, "We are." wasting this yeah. like what the fuck but nope. these people aren't fucking ready for the fucking they're not ready right. to throw up after they hit a shot yeah they're, they're just not ready, not ready. To be a pin cushion for the rest of the night no right. I mean, yeah. no which i was, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. totally down i for was it. down for it yeah. yeah so so you know and along with that comes the consequences you know what i mean the consequences started you know real early for me you know like getting in trouble and stuff somehow like i made it through all this time with never breaking the rule you know that under penalty of death don't let mom find out fuck right you know what i mean like like that whole span of time i was i was able to pull it off man and my mom just thought i was just you know this wild kid that got in trouble a lot you know like i got a lot of fights in school i couldn't stay you know unsuspended for very long (laughs) right and 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 all that man uh but but the consequences started getting real, uh, you know, legal and shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, at, at some point. And, um, you know, so for some reason, nobody ever put two and two together. You know what I right. mean? Like, I knew long before, you know, mom, that the reason I was going into jail was because I'm using. Right. You know, it was because of my, the things I was doing to get high, you know? So, so yeah, you know, it progressed from like, like high school was a blur, you know? Right. My mom was so cool, bro. My mom was so cool that when I was 15 and and at the time we'd moved to Rancho Bernardo, you know, and I was going to Poway High because I'd gotten kicked out of like three high schools already, you know? 
uh, started in Santana. They kicked me out. Uh, went to a, went to a continuation. They kicked me out. Wow, that then, hold on, that's tough to do. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. that's really tough to do because that's like the last you know bottom of the barrel. You, you, no wonder why you had to move out of the district. Yeah, yeah. So we so we moved to Rancho Bernardo, and uh, and Poway High was yeah. just a little bit of a, a, a ways. You know, it's just not sure. any way to get me from home to school every morning and um not not poway high but it was called a braxis which is right. the continuation, yeah, a continuation high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i know so, all about that one yeah so so um mom gave me this fucking uh 1969 cadillac coupe de ville yes. and i didn't have a license yes. yet wow she you know, knew school yeah i was still 15 <laughs> yes, you know? yes. And, i love where this is going and uh and man, I would go to the high school just long enough to find the fellas, you know, uh, get the girls, you know, figure out who had enough money to, to fill a cooler full of beer or whatever, man. We go like the Poway Lake or we go down to the beach or whatever, man. We get fucked up and throw frisbees around. And man, the party was on. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? Um, strange time in my life, man. Uh, Cause I was so, you know, I was really fucked up. Yeah, you know, really fucked up. Like, shoot, shooting tons of coke at the time. You yeah. know, coke was, you know, disco. If you baby. ever done it, yeah. you ever done a bell ringer, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's just like it will, it will take control of your life. You know, yeah. and um, uh, I remember going to this high school, and like. I would show up on Wednesday, and you know, Monday and Tuesday is a blur. You know, right. I'd show up on Wednesday, man, and I'd just, like, they had these beanbag chairs, you know, and I would just come in, and I was just like, I'm done, man. I made it to school. I made it. that Like, that was the big accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm here. Making it to school, man, and, and the teacher would come, and we're like, what's wrong with you? And I remember distinctly this one teacher, man, uh, his name was Pat, and he was, like, kind of a cool, you know, he was a hip teacher, you sure. know, that just, like, you know, would talk to you and stuff, and, and he'd go, man, what's wrong with you? You look like shit, you know? And I, and I show him my arm, man. It goes, I think I've shot like, you know, three quarters of an ounce of Coke in the last two days. You Damn. know, and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm jittery. I'm, he's, he, and he would be just like, man, just stay there in the beanbag chair today, man. And you'll be all right. You know, <laughs> fuck. Like, Damn. Wasn't he supposed to get me some help? Yeah. Looking yeah. back, looking yeah. back like. The fucking <laughs> 70s. Yeah, but. Yeah. At that point, what what kind of help is gonna fuck? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He yeah. could have fucking tried his best, and you'd just be able to talk about him on the podcast. Like he, he tried. Could, he could have locked you in a fucking cage. Yeah, and well, like you would have broken out. Yeah, or, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Maybe a phone call to the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not the not the cardinal rule. Man, no, no. You know, I would. That would be dead. <laughs> I, I, I would hope. You know, like like. These days, you know, if somebody would get oh. a phone call, you know, with your yeah. kids oh, or, oh, or whatever. Sure, you know sure. I mean? There would be some some evasive action taken to, to kind of turn that kid around. But but nobody ever did that for, to me for my, you know, entire upbringing. You know, nobody ever tried to like, hey, look, you got a problem. I might want to look at, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, little, little, little Kenny's not doing so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but another thing is, is I was big for my age. So I was a little scary too. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I can only imagine because well, you're, had, you're still big yeah. for your age. Yeah, yeah. you're I mean. still big and scary <laughs> for your age. 
but but you know, like like people would like not want to get involved because because it could get re- real ugly real fast, mm-hmm. you know. And, and right. I had I had a uh, you know a, t- a tendency to uh, snap in a moment, right. and, you know. So <laughs> punch and ask questions I mean, later. <laughs> it is what it is, and, yeah. And and today in recovery, I look back at all that man, and it's just like, uh, you know what? I know what I did to me. Right. I did. I did to me. Nobody did this to me. Right. Like, like I have this disease of addiction and the things that I went through and, and, and the, and the wreckage I've caused and everything is a direct result of that. Right. More than any, like I can't single out my dad for leaving me or, or whatever, you know, I, I just can't single out a single person uh, more responsible for what happened with me than me. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> buckle so, up, be graph. <laughs> that was some fucking ice cold recovery right there. I know. Yeah. You know, like, like, like I, you know, for instance, there, there was this time where, where I'd just gotten out of prison, you know, uh, and my mother, God rest her soul, man. She was such an, inf- it, it, she was just so down for me. Like, like nobody else in the world, even when nobody else in the world was down for me, she was there. Know what I mean, and um, and so I got out of prison, and she picked me up uh, from the, from the train station, and uh, she arranged to get my daughter, who I'd never really met outside of prison, and bring her, and she got us a hotel room, you know, and um, and like I could you know finally spend time with my daughter, kind of thing, and I, and so like the day I got out. The hotel, the daughter, all that stuff, and, and then you know you need to check in with parole um, immediately upon um, coming back. You know, so the next day I had to check in with parole, and um, and the parole agent goes, "Where did you stay last night?" And I told her the motel that I had stayed at, and she said, "Well, that's not on your exit plan." And I'm like, okay, well, you know, my mom arranged this and, yeah. you know, so I could, so I could spend some time with my daughter. And she's like, you don't understand. I'm violating you right now. Oh, oh wow. What the and fuck? And they cuffed me up from, from the parole department, man. And they took me back and they gave me a year violation for that. Holy wow. fuck. Uh. And, and my mom was so mad. She like, I've never heard my mom talk ever bad about anybody mm-hmm. you know like she she's like you know she tries to see the best in everybody and 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 like but she was like that evil you know like my mom's talking to me about this woman you know that that was this parole agent man um regardless of my feelings for her <laughs> like like I, I told my mom i said mom she didn't get me on parole wow you know i yeah. got i got me on parole you know, and she's following by the book, which is her job. Wow. You know what I mean? How old were you at that time? Um, maybe I was like 30. Okay. You know? You've already been locked up before, right? A lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> right. a lot. I mean, I, I, fig- lot. I figured, but I mean, you you had some clarity. Yeah. Because even me at 30, I'd, it was until I got clean, it was always every, somebody else's fault. You right. know what I mean? Right. But that's pretty cool that you, you know, you totally fucking 
internalize that. Like, yeah, well, I, it was me that did this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. She wouldn't have to violate me yeah. if I hadn't fucked up. God, I bet your mom felt like shit. No, I mean, I mean, she was bummed and yeah. pissed and 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 whatever, man. But right. but I had to like like I had to take ownership. You know what I mean? Right. I, you know, I I had to own my own shit right there. It's like, mom, you didn't do this, and, and she didn't do this. I did this. You know, I'm the one that that I'm the one that's the fuck up here. Right. You know, so yeah. So continuation school, we got that '69 Cadillac DeVille. Oh my God! Yeah. So what happens after <laughs> going to the beach? Did you graduate? No, 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 no of course not. No, How dare you? No, I I got my good enough degree. <laughs> <laughs> good enough. GED right. right there, That's man. Right. Yeah. I got mine at 16. Yeah. Got kicked out of school, and I was the youngest one in my GED class. And like people are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like. I don't need school. And they're like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm 35 coming back to get my GED. Go back to school. Don't go in there and take the test. And I went in and got the best score of my testing class. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing about all that, man, is, is like there was like this proficiency exam that you had to take. Right. So so like I had a lot of uh, customers, you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that that were um, Navy guys. And I had this one dude who goes, oh, yeah, just give me a quarter ounce and I'll I'll, you know, I'll do your paper books for you. You know, yeah. there's just like a, a, you know, a stack of booklets that you had to do to get your uh, proficiency, you know, whatever. So, so that was an easy out for me, man. You know, I just paid somebody else to do it. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Typical. Yeah. So yeah, then, then, then I was out in the big world, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, I don't know that it, it, it's very blurry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very blurry. A long span of years, man, that uh, that I was just, in, you know, it, it was involved in in a lot of crime, you know, and and most of it was um, had to deal with like smuggling and transporting and 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 that kind of thing, you know, and and um, it got to a point where where it was just like massive amounts of all the drugs available to me. It, it was at just any like, time. At any time, yeah. yeah. And and I was, uh, like, a connoisseur. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was a connoisseur. So, so you know, like, like had, had a reputation for, for being, you know, well-connected. And, and, and that carried me a long way in the drug uh, community, you know. Sure. So, yeah. So, I started doing interstate transport shit, you know. Like, I had a lot of, uh, you know, I had moved to IB for a while, you know. And you get a gotta lot be close of, to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be close to work. Gotta be close right? to work. And we, we were doing crazy shit back then, man. Like, like we would take. Um, my buddy had a, a Hobie catamaran sailboat. I know mm-hmm. where this is headed. Right, and we would take it. We would launch it right there next to the IB pier, and we would go around the pier and straight down the surf line, and 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 land right by the bull ring in Tijuana. You know, throw a couple bales up on that canvas deck, oh and and run up here, man. And then we we section it out. You know, we it was crazy, man. Right. In IB, the the drug market back then um, revolved around the Navy, right? Because the sailors all all knew that all they had to do was you know they'd come in from their West Packs and stuff like that, and they would come go down to IB and they could score. 
you know and so so like I, it was it's just a, a a real fucking uh open market it was just yeah. an open mm-hmm. market man right. and, and and if you had supply you could you could sell man so I learned a lot of marketing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and in that time too, I mean, border protection wasn't what it was. You know what I mean? It was so easy to do. Like, I mean, fucking simple, non-existent. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a no-brainer. Yeah, you know. And, and so, like, we could get these, like, um, you know, bales of Mohawk spears, and and the math worked out to be about 150 bucks a pound. Wow. You know, and then you know, section them off and then, you know, go to Jackson, Mississippi or Tampa, Florida, or, or just, you know, any of these towns, wherever you had a, a, a somewhere you could offload, you know, and, um, and it, that $150 pound, dollar pound became 800 bucks. Damn. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're bringing a, a duffel bag full, you <laughs> <used> to- <laughs> We used to stuff, like we would, we you know wrap, wrap them and stuff about fifty or sixty pounds. And you know those those green navy duffel bag that yeah. sea bags, yeah, yeah. sea bags, right? We would stuff a sea bag with like 50, 60 pounds and jump right on an air. Back then, man, it was pre nine eleven. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, you could jump sure. right on an airplane with that shit, man. Fuck, you know, yeah. have a couple Stankin'. cocktails. Yeah, have a couple cocktails, land, take a taxi to whoever, and and offload and just have. A fucking stack of cash you yeah. know and 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 you're off and running man do it again do it spend again. the weekend in miami <laughs> yeah yeah tampa actually tampa. Tam- oh tampa yeah. <laughs> fuck <laughs> just as good you yeah. know right yeah poor man's miami yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but, cell phone no fucking internet you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> but in those days the ultimate goal was to you know the end game was to have like a big bunch of coke <laughs> a big bunch of coke you know right. and, and then then you could you know lock it down do all the coke you want for till it's, your supply started getting low and then you just do it all again it was just ridiculous man and that and that's the you know the type of blur that was going on i guess that was the 80s like i said man, it's, yeah it's it would have been yeah. fuzzy man it's like you know all this but but everything that goes along with it man and and the, the the violence and the, the the stuff we did to like come up when things went wrong, you know, uh, mm. were pretty ugly, man. Some stuff that 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 we pulled off, man. And then there was some real shysty shit we do too, you know. But anyways, you know, like I said, the goal was always to come up, was always to get the best, you know, and to have the best, and be, you know, right? Yeah. Do you remember the first time you got hemmed up? Um, the first time I got hemmed up, I, I had a bunch of like weird shit, you know, like, you know, like, like nothing real serious for a long time. Like I, I probably racked up like 20 arrests before I was 20, you know, Jeez. Yeah. you know, but, but it was all stuff like, you know, uh, bar fights that didn't, didn't result in charges and, and shit like that, you know, but, uh. Yeah, I think the first time I got hemmed up was was like I had bought this this car from this guy, you know, it was actually a little truck, you know. And uh 
I got such a deal on it, I couldn't figure it out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why do you give me this car for an ounce? You know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so like, like I was out partying or whatever, man, shooting dope or whatever, and 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 the three day run just kind of got boring, and mm-hmm. and I, you know, eh, maybe I'll take a nap. You know, <laughs> right. So, so you wake up, man, and, you, and you're you're in a stolen car with a gun and a bunch of dope, and fucking somebody's tapping on your window with a gun, you know, and you're just like, oh, I guess I'm getting hemmed up, you right. know. So yeah, that, a bunch of a bunch of that kind of stuff happened, you know. Uh, more times than I can, right? I recall, you know, I just it just it was never like like thank God I didn't never get caught. Doing the gnarly shit that I was doing, I was it was always the stupid little shit. It was always the stupid shit, man. You know, it, it was always like you know he fell asleep in the car with a fucking shotgun and fucking bunch of dope, and the car was stolen. You know, right. <laughs> but I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know I, just, I couldn't. Do I that. bought it from. Well, what, how much did you buy it from Evorp? That's not important. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's, that's besides the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a good price. That's what I got. I got a good price. Yeah. yeah. So your first. You're doing little odds and ends for time then, like 30 days, 90 days, right, six months. Right. Do, wh- when's, when, when's the, when's the, when's the prison, prison time start? The, yeah. The, the real, the, oh, when, when you're, yeah, when yeah. you're done with okay. the fucking, you know, when you're done with the county time. Yeah. Done you know fucking around. Like, okay, you're, yeah. you're oh, pretty that. much a fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part. Yeah. Let's see, man. Uh, uh, my first uh, prison was, um, okay, so I had gotten busted. Right. And they gave me a straight county year. Right. And so I was doing that county year and I, I did about four months of it and they go, Hey, he's doing pretty good. Look, he was a trustee and everything, you know, um, let's send him to, um, Descanso and it's closed down now, but it was like this camp up in Alpine. Right. You know? And, uh, and so like I was there for about a week and they put me in the kitchen and, and the cool thing about Descanso was, was it, there was a lot of drugs on the yard, you know, and, and the reason there was so much drugs on the yard was because their, um, their visitation was like in a picnic area. Right. Nice. Oh. You know? The handoff was, was easy. Like, so like, yeah, you know, take me to Descanso, you know, yeah. Yeah. and, and um, so like if you became a trustee, they had a picnic area that was outside the fence. Oh, wow. And it was basically un- unsupervised. So, like, as soon as I got trustee status, I called this, uh, like, you know, some dirty leg that I had going on, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, you know what? Check this out. Get some dope. Steal a car, borrow a car, whatever yeah. you got to do. <laughs> Get, Get up here. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> and so, like, I escaped from that place. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Holy like, shit. You like, escaped I from honest, prison. I the God was not expecting that. Yeah. No, I yes. was like, so I got some dope, and I fucking ran Started fucking it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but, there. Oh, my But no, it took fun. a uh, hard left turn to, <laughs> I escaped from prison. No, no. You, yeah, no, no. <laughs> hey, hey, homeboy, come and get me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was kind of like, that was the attention getter, you know? Right. Like, like the law in East County really got... You know, yeah. like I was on the bulletins and I was, you know, whatever, you know, for sure. And they started like, you know, just jacking everybody that I was associated with, man. And nobody wanted nothing. To, like that was the worst week of my life you know? <laughs> <laughs> before I got busted there. Right. Man. It was, it was horrible. Like, like I'd show up and say, Hey man, it's like me. And they're like, 
already know. Get, get out of here. Get the yeah. fuck out of here, dude. You're <laughs> blowing up the spot. Yeah. The girlfriend didn't want me near her. You know, no. just like like all that, man. It, it, it was ugly, man. That that week was hard, but, you know, I still had, um, you know, the connections and all that. Like, so I was just on one, you right. know. With meth at the time, which was, you know, East County's fucking yeah. uh, bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> that El Cajon gold. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get some. Goddamn peanut butter. <laughs> so so I'm driving down I'm driving down um uh Mullet, no, Magnolia, right? And uh these cop and I just turned off of Magnolia onto um Broadway in, in El Cajon, man, and, and and I seen a cop that recognized me, and I could see that he recognized me in his face. And he like spun this big burnout UE man, and I, and I, you know, made a left and a right and whatever man. It didn't work out, right? You know. And next thing I know, I'm just surrounded, and uh, these cops, man, they were fucked up. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was it was summertime. It was like July 14th or something like that, man. And it was about 110 degrees outside. And they literally took me, cuffed me up, and did the did the leg shackles too. And they threw me in the squad car. They cranked up the heater, rolled up the windows, oh and left me in that fucking car. Oh for my god! Like like I was in a puddle, dude. It was like, yeah, wow, brutal, brutal. Yeah, yeah. After they beat my ass, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm in like this puddle. There's of no cameras. <laughs> You're puddle getting of blood and sweat and shit. And yeah, and they just like. Yeah, so you hang out for a bit. You think about yeah. what you've done. Yeah, <laughs> wow. It, yeah, it was it was pretty. I like that was that was an event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely, it yeah. was. So so yeah, like that was my last. Um, that was my last play at you know doing county time or whatever you know. And I think I was like nineteen, twenty years old, something like that. Fuck. Know? Yeah. And then, uh, and, you know, and then the penitentiary started to come into play and it, you know, my arrests were continuous, you know, yeah. like I would, I would, I would go to jail, send me to prison, do whatever. You know. So, so o- over, over a span of time, you know, uh, I'd been, you know, locked down like, um, eight times or something like that and never spent more than a month out oh my god you know so 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 the the whole the whole you know getting locked up thing as far as prison is concerned i don't even know how many times i was arrested you know right uh, did you remember your number uh, which one? <laughs> State, <laughs> county, federal, like which one? <laughs> Charlie, yeah, because he has a federal number too, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, you know, I, I, I had forgotten my federal number. Right. Uh, uh, I remember, I remember my T number, T four eight one three nine. And um, <laughs> damn. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, I had a, a K number before that, but I had forgotten that. Man, I don't. Know. For wow, some reason, cool. I just think re- about that a K yeah, number. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. I just, I just retain the, you know, the, the, basically the most uh, yeah. relevant one. Right. right. And I rode that T four eight number for a long time. Right. You know, um, it was, it was, um, I think I did uh, four terms and five violations, which is nine. Nine trips to the state penitentiary. Damn, Jesus! You know, for for a total of you know most of my adult life, really, you mm-hmm. know, uh, until until I was like um, introduced to recovery. Wow, you know, 
Yeah, for, what? How forty three? You said. Or I was forty six. Forty six. Yeah. In total, how much time did you spend? Like, well, from, in the penitentiary. From night. Well, he just said yeah, from nineteen to forty six. Yeah, a, to- a, month a total. Out. A total. Well, no, no, no. At a no, time. No, because see, there was a, there was a period of time where I had had actually gotten into recovery. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Duh. that's forgot. Yeah, and that was um in like uh, ni- nineteen eighty nine through ninety four, something like that. You know, I had spent some time. So in you had recovery. a little bit of sanity in those couple years. I, I had an introduction, bro. Yeah. I, you know, I had that information in my head. Right. You know what I mean? That 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 recovery information mm-hmm. that, that that there is actually, you know, another way, you know. Uh, real trip, man. Right. Yeah. It's a real trip to have recovery and then go back. Oh, it's a And then go back to where you came from, man, and, and start going to prison again and Fuck. the whole, you know, re re revisit that whole cycle was was, you know, total um, mindfuck. Yeah, just self-loathing behind that, man. A lot of it, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like, like God, what are you doing here? That's yeah. the one feeling that I get the most. Like, the self-loathing and just negative self-talk. Like, oh, fuck uh, you, fucking piece of shit. You fucking did this again. Yeah, you, you've, you've totally fucked off your life. Again. You know, <laughs> and then found a way to fucking repair it. Yeah. And then, and then abandoned fucked it. it off again. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. To like, give back what was so very, freely given to me. There's something very, very wrong with you. you know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was like, you know, that, that time span that I had found recovery in, in the early 90s, um, you know, had, had, you know, was my introduction or whatever, man. And, um, you know, I, I, I got out and I, Got with um, my ex-wife, you know, and she had just had a baby, you know, and I met her and she's just like this, you know, uh, mission for me. Like, you know, I'm going to make this work. This is going to be my, this is my exit plan, you know, uh, get recovery, have kids. I always wanted to have a family. I wanted, always wanted to be a dad. I always, you know, I always had that, you know, feeling inside me. There's just no, you know. There, there's no uh, uh, way that I could see it actually happen. And then here, boom, all of a sudden it's, it, it's available to me, you know? And, um, and I ran with that, you know, for, you know, I stayed clean uh, just a little over five years, you know, uh, got employed, got, you know, pseudo married, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, had a couple of kids, you know, the whole nine year we, we bought a house and all that, man. But, but it all came crashing down when the relationship ended, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and, and I immediately just went right back to where I was, man. And, and immediately started getting in trouble again, man. And, and, it, and it was more serious trouble. This was like, you know, home invasions and armed robberies and, and things like that, that, that I was getting caught up for, man. And, and the time spans that they were offering me, we're getting into football numbers. We're getting into yeah. football numbers, yeah. right? You know, and um, and so like another blur, you know, just another shooting dope blur. Yeah, you know, um, using in and out of prison, never, you know, um, never, never really, uh, I don't know, uh, never really thinking that I was ever gonna, you know, like like a normal life was never gonna be available to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did not qualify for any, uh, 
you know, normal life. And so I might as well just run with whatever. I had, I had actually just accepted as my lot in life was going to be, you know, to, to die in prison. I remember when you did your graduate group, you said something that really resonated with me. And it was my life has conditioned me to failure. Yeah. And like that stuck with me. Cause like, that's how I felt. Yeah. Like I didn't deserve anything good in my life because everything I touched fell apart at some point. Yeah. I called it the apple cart syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, and I, re- I remember specifically talking about it, how I could get out of prison, you know, um, stay clean for a minute, you know, get a job, start really like, you know, making my life look presentable to you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, no matter what was going on inside of me, like I, you know, and I call it the apple cart syndrome is because like, you know, you, you think about that guy that, that gets up every morning and he's got an apple cart and that's his livelihood. That's his business. You know, he gets out on the corner, man, and he, he polishes his apples and he gets them all, you know, symmetrically stacked into a pyramid on his cart, man. And, 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 and for me, I could do that really well, man. And, and my, my apples were really presentable, man. I could buy houses and cars or, or, you know, have great jobs or whatever, man. But the minute I got that fucking final apple up on the top, man, and I, and I like, like, bam, my, my, my shit's complete. Look at me. You know, um, my, my thing is, is like, I did it. You know, now it's time to kick the fucking wheels out from underneath the apple. (laughs) Fuck this apple cart. I I, I upset the apple cart more times than I can count. (laughs) You know, uh, just, just, you know, and and my life's in shambles again. And I got to start from scratch and build it up one little brick at a time. And and I did that over and over again. You know, Um, wow. What an existence, right? It's, It's such a fucking, like, as addicts, we don't feel like, being normal or fucking square or like having your shit together feels so out of place for us that like I thrive in chaos. Like I need something's got to be fucked up mm. for me to feel like, oh, okay, this is mm. like conditioned to failure. Yeah. Like that's fucking, yeah. like, that's a gem right there. If something is not super chaotic in my life, I need to make something chaotic yeah. or right. else it's not my life. And that can happen in recovery too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so when I got to recovery, um, think about this, man. Every single thing that I've ever encountered, you know, every every single opportunity that I'd ever had, every single friendship that I'd ever had, every single relationship, human relationship that I'd ever had, every um, attempt at school, every job, every single thing in my life, except for my relationship with my mother, had resulted in failure. And that was by no, no, do, no, none of my doings. Like, like, you know, any, any other, like mm-hmm. many other mothers would have just said, fuck this. Right. Yeah. 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 For but, sure. but not mine. So, so the only thing, um, tangible left in my life was my relationship with my mother, you know? And when I got to crash, there was two people who really cared where I laid my head at night. And, and one of them was a federal agent who was, who was on payroll to keep tabs on me. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? And another one was my mother. Yeah. And I had nobody or nothing. You know? Nothing coming. Nothing. I, dude, I showed up at Crash with a little manila envelope, and that was my whole empire. 
Right. Yeah. You know, that was, that was everything. Like I wasn't even wearing my own clothes. I was wearing mostly, mostly the feds clothes. Couldn't wait, couldn't <laughs> wait, couldn't yeah. wait for Sunday donations. Oh yeah. yeah. Start going through, going through some of the clothes. I got there on a Monday. <laughs> oh, oh really? Yeah. So just, just for fucking shits and gigs, what was recovery like in the nineties? Cause you were getting clean, but what were the rooms like? I, cause I remember as a kid it being a little bit rougher, but I've heard the stories of like, it was you want to get fucking clean? Shut the fuck up and sit down. And it's not so much like that, like now. Bullshit. 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 There was like two or three people who were like, work the steps or die, motherfucker. And they're all dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't like, like, like reco- the recovery scene to me, like, like they received me as I, as I showed up. You know what I mean? They received me as I showed up and they embraced me. They, they, and that's always been impactful for me because I could always remember, you know, that, that I could show up there, man, and these people would embrace me, you know, and, 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 and as flawed as I was, nobody ever told me, get the fuck out. You know what I mean? So I always knew I had somewhere to come back to, even in those worst, you know, those worst times, you know, uh, I was, I was going through it, you know, uh, Mentally, physically, emotionally, the whole nine yards, man, uh, and still shooting dope, man. Just like all I need to do is just like maybe I need to add a little bit of fucking this to my, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> this will even me maybe, out. Maybe yeah. this will fix it. Like I, I was a master coming up with the, the magic formula to make my life right. You <laughs> right, know right. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so can um, you could you imagine shooting quaaludes? I, I don't know if it, that could be. Done. I don't know. I you know what? I I don't think I ever tried that. <laughs> I haven't yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet. Perfect. I yes, have a yet. I won. <laughs> Dusty found my yet. Yeah, <laughs> so job. obviously we're getting to a point where you catch a fed case, but is this before or after the gunshot wound? Oh, yeah, you long brought, after. You brought long after? long after. Yeah. So what's that story? So the gunshot wound basically got me into recovery the first time. Oh, wow. oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Something yeah. good came out of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, that was a, a pretty like. Do you guys talk about spiritual stuff, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh fuck, this yeah. is your show. Okay, yeah, yeah no, yeah. just the I stuff can't. we talked about before we started recording is the only thing we can't talk about. Okay, yeah, cool, man. Because because yeah. that was like you know my uh, my spiritual awakening, you know. Okay, right? yeah. So so like I could run you through the story. It's pretty. It's pretty gnarly. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> so so I'm doing this home invasion. First off, I just got out of prison that morning. Oh, that, holy okay. shit! Okay. All right, yeah. that morning. That morning. Yeah, gate money wasn't enough. Right. So, <laughs> so, so here, here's the here's the scenario. You know, the girlfriend um, picks me up, right, and we go to a motel. You know, to do the things that we do when sure. we get out of prison. Yes, know, sir. You know, but um, but I had been like, kind of introduced to recovery. While I was locked up, you mm-hmm. know, through like H and I panels sure. and and um and and whatever, man. And I, so I I had gotten a little bit of information, and they had this program, and um, what the fuck was it called? Aim program or something like that. Some kind of some kind of diversionary thing where where you know they hand you a workbook and they're like, you know, it's all about you know, do you want to get clean? You know, yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> did, you ever do, did you ever go through this? Did you ever go through whatever? You know, so the, so basically, it was like twice a week while I was locked up, I would go to this classroom and we'd fill out these booklets. You know, right. so I had a stack of them by the time I got out. 
Yeah. Do you want to get out of your cell? Uh, yes, I do. Do you want to get clean? <laughs> yep. Okay. So where are we going? <laughs> yeah. So so I'm getting out. I'm getting out, and I'm getting released, man. And, and and I just remember my my attitude at the time was was I know that the reason I keep coming back to this place is because I use drugs and I can't control it. Right. You know. I know that. So my answer is to not use, no matter what. And, um, and so I got out with this whole, like the only property I had was my clothes and this stack of, you know, paperwork from this program that, that, you know, all these, you know, check marks I put on little boxes of yes or no's and, and just whatever, man. And I thought that this was, you know, the magic formula to, you know, to, for me to, you know, stay clean and change my life. And the girl picked me up and we went to the hotel and we, and we did our thing, you know, and, um, and she goes, um, I'm going to get high. And I'm like, go ahead. Uh, you know, just do it in the bathroom. I don't want to see it. Cause, um, cause I'm not using anymore. I'm staying clean. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, she goes, it doesn't sound like you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and so she goes in the bathroom and she's in there fixing, and I'm like, you know, really proud of myself for my resolve to stay clean. And, right. you know, just like the future's so bright and everything. I'm laying there, you know, I just, you know, smoking a cigarette or whatever, man. And she's like, Are you sure you don't want some? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm positive. I'm good. I'm, I'm not using, you know, yeah. I'm in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recovered. And she goes, okay, but it's really good. Oh, my God. What Jesus. A bitch. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> and so, like, it was probably about the next, you know, it probably took me another six seconds to get in there, man, and just, like, <laughs> have my arm out, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, hit me. I'm I'm, I'm in, you know. Fuck. And, um, and it, you know, it was that gnarly old fucking lemon drop pink note or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> right. Whatever was going around uh, uh, El Cajon at the time, you know <laughs> what I mean? And uh, so I'm in this dingy motel, you know, slamming dope again, you know. And, and, and I just remember from the first hit, everything that I had been thinking about that whole stack of papers and everything, um, it went away. Right. And, and what I needed now was a gun, you know. I needed a gun, and we needed to go, you know, get, Chase back, the house. get back on the horse, man. And, and I already had a target and and whatever, man. And I went and I went and I went to do this home invasion. And I uh, and you know some dude who was like you know a dealer or whatever, and he you know he had you know a lot of the things that I want. And at one time he had said something to a girlfriend of mine or something, so he had it coming. You yeah, know? yeah, oh yeah, sure. you know, yeah, one of those situations, yeah, absolutely, man. and um. And I, I I went in there and 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 um and I had this buddy uh, go with me. It, actually, two buddies. One one wait outside, wait out in the car. Yeah, you know, getaway guy, getaway <laughs> guy. Yeah, and and another guy to go in with me. And um and we had one pistol and a bat. You know, sounds like a plan. Yeah, and I'm like I'm like, well, I'll just take over with the bat, and you you hold him a gunpoint. You know, and I give give my friend a gun. And um, I go in, and, and we come in there, and I crack the dude in, in the back of the head, and I was aluminum bat. Don't ever use aluminum bat for a robbery. I'm just going <laughs> to okay. put it Noted. out there. Noted for the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, because the aluminum bat does, doesn't do the damage a wood bat would. <laughs> oh, you know? okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, it, it put the guy on his knees, right? 
And um, and he reached in his pocket, and I knew that he carried. You know what I mean? So I tell my buddy John, I go, John, he's reaching for his gun. And he pull he he John don't do shit. He just like freezes up, man. Right. And, and um and dude comes out and he just like blasts me just dead center in the middle of my chest. You know, and I go down. And he's got like a you know a little two shot Derringer, a little twenty two mm-hmm. mini. Damn, mag. yeah, a little twenty two mini mag. You, you've seen them, yeah, yeah, They're like sixty bucks or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they work though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked quite well, you know. Um, so, so he takes he takes one on me and he blasts John, blasts another one at John, but John's already running out the door, you know. Yeah, he's he's boning out on me, and I'm only I'm, I'm laying on the ground with a, with a chest wound, and. Uh, and I see him fucking crack that thing open and start reaching in his pockets to reload. I'm like, whoa, you know, he's going to finish me off, you yeah. know, you know, so, so I, I get up and I cracked him a couple times more with the bat and I, I run outside to, uh, to, uh, where the car, the car was is. and, and the driver, uh, got to give props to my boy, Johnny. He's in recovery now, man. He, right. he, and, and you know, him. oh, really? Oh yeah. Johnny G. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> no fucking way. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Holy fuck. Yes. Yeah, so. I mean, I have always heard about Johnny Grab being a fucking G from oh, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, he was in the scene, bro. He from was, Charlie. Like Charlie. No, said, and Charlie, he was your driver? He was the driver, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. He could drive a car. Riding a bike? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so so we're going we're going up uh uh what is it? Lost coaches that goes from uh from like a sixty-seven all the way to eight. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Last coaches. See, I don't. I don't hang out in that area no more. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> probably change the road. Yeah, I forgot. Whatever. whatever. But um, we're going up. You know, I make it out to the car. They get me in there, and uh, we start going up Lost Coaches, right? And we we get to um, just the road just before the freeway right there where the Seven Eleven and everything is. You know, and that road you can actually take a right right there, and go right into El Cajon at the time. Our mission was to get to El Cajon Valley Hospital. It's not there no more. They sure. tore it down. But, but, but that was that was the plan, you know, to get me to get me to the hospital. And we're going. We're and traffic's all backed up on that road. Now I'm starting to get like woozy, yeah. you know, like like dizzy and and like I got this coming out of the middle Ooh, of my chest, oh, you know, fuck, and uh, uh, just just dizzy, you know, and and um. Traffic's all backed up, and I'm like, Johnny, you got to go around all these cars, man, because uh, because we can't wait for this this traffic light, man. Yeah, no way. And so he guns it and goes out into the oncoming lane and starts flying up towards the intersection, and there's a car coming at us, and that car pulls over to the side, and we go by, and he, you know, as he's as he's ripping right to go to go all you know the Back road in the lane. Bone, yeah. Uh, that the car that had pulled over turned on its beacons oh, <laughs> yeah. and, and it was a highway patrol. Right. And the chase was on. And so he like hangs a quick right and a quick right. We wind up by the VFW hall, a lakeside, um, not the one by the lake, but the, but the one up by the eight freeway, man. And, and he kind of just like pulls into an alley and, and both my buddies bone out They oh, get man. out of the car and they run. A gun sitting right there on the seat, man. And I'm, I'm like, I got to get out and run now too. So I, so I open the door and I barely get a step and I just hit the deck. Boom. I'm oh, done. I'm done. I'm in a dark alley, 
bleeding to death and fucking, you know, I can hear, um, cause, cause I know it was a VFW hall cause, cause they were partying inside. You could hear the bar noise coming through this window right here, man. And, and, and I had like, I, I feel like I just had one gasp left, you know, and I, and I just yelled help as loud as I could, you know? And, um, uh, and some people heard me that were in the bar, you know, and, and, it, it all from, from from that point right there, you know, it's probably seconds later, but it seemed like an eternity, you know. But but the highway patrol car pulls up, and uh, and this highway patrolman saved my life at that point, you know, like like I was in bad shape. Yeah, you're but fucking he, done. He got me in his car, and he took me to the El Cajon Valley, or maybe I don't know if they put me in an ambulance. Like I said, blurry. Yeah, but. We get to the parking lot of El Cajon Valley Hospital. Um, that's when I find out that they had de- decommissioned that hospital at that point. Right. Nice. Yeah. So it's great not, time to find out. It's no longer got a trauma unit. You know, it's, it's like it's like whatever. But a helicopter lands in the uh, in the parking lot, and they load me on this helicopter, and uh, and I'm like, you know, my life is flashing before my eyes. I'm like, holy shit, I'm. I'm I'm dying. This is, this is it. I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> and, and I'm not ready to go. Right. You know, I had had other plans, you know, um, than this. So I remember that uh, they were putting me in the helicopter and, and they, it, it's kind of like a back load thing. So they had me on the stretcher and, and as they're putting you in, you see the white roof of the helicopter going like this as they're putting me in and, and, and I thought it was the sheet. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought it was the sheet. I was like, am I dead? Oh, my you God. And, 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 oh, my God. Yeah. So there was this um, flight paramedic, you know, this this um, flight life flight paramedic. Right. Um, I just remember she had like the like the most like, you know, gnarly blue eyes, you know, they're just those piercing blue eyes, man. And she was just like looking at me like with just such concern and stuff like that, man. And I asked her, I said, uh, am I going to die? And she said, um, yeah. Oh, my God. She said, yeah, it looks like you're going to die. Wow. So this, I want to tell you guys the time frame from that. You know, if you think about it, it's already been about 25, maybe 30 minutes since I took the bullet. Right. You know, Um, and, and my, my whole chest cavity and my my lower abdomen was like puffed up and swollen and stuff you know and 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 everything was like really hazy and blurry i was in and out kind of thing you know and and i just remember just telling myself you know in my mind keep breathing no matter what keep breathing Mm. you know and um and as we're in flight um I asked, I asked this paramedic lady, I said, you know, um, if I'm going to die, will you pray with me? You know? And, um, and she did. And, um, and, uh, we, we prayed, you know, um, I remember what we prayed, you know, um, I won't go through it all, but, but, but there was, there was a prayer and, and just basically, you know, professing my belief and asking for forgiveness and stuff. Cause, cause you know, Cause that's what we do, man. If right. you've got a Christian background, you know, and, um, everything went from like the most 
the moment of the greatest fear, the greatest, like, just consumed with, like, dread, fear. Oh, God, I didn't, you know, I didn't finish everything that I was going to do. You know, I wanted to have kids and be a dad and you just, like, you know, making the deal with with God, you know, just get me through this, man, and yeah. I will never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever <Yeah. laughs> use drugs again because I know that's the problem now, you yeah. know. And, um, and everything went like this amazing, like that bright light that, that they talk about that happened for me, you know, um, like I was focusing and breathing and just looking at like the moon or some bright star. Yeah. And all of a sudden it just consumed me, man. I was like, like engulfed in this like super bright light. And with that light came, um, absolute total comfort. There was no more pain. There was no more fear. There was um, assurance, you know, from from within that that everything was going to be all right, regardless of whether I lived or not, man. And 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 I I know at the moment, you know, at that moment I see it now as I was in the presence of God, you know, and and there was just a brief moment, and they told me that um that that at that time in that time frame that I had died on the helicopter and that they had revived me. You know? um, I stayed awake through it, you know, and it, and, and I, and I saw them doing what they were doing, you know, all the, the um, evasive action to, to ward off my death and, and it worked and they, they landed me on top of sharp hill, uh, sharp over there off the one sixty three, kind of over by where Kearney. I live. Yeah. Yeah where I live now and they landed me on top of the, of the, the helicopter landing. Right. And they pulled me out. There's some gnarly shit coming up guys. Hold yes. On. Put your seat belts on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Buckle the fuck up. So they pulled me out of the helicopter mm-hmm. and, um, and immediately like this doctor jumps up on the gurney with me and he straddles me and he cuts my shirt off or maybe it was already off, but, but he stabs me just like, just, you know, an inch up above my pelvic bone. Right. And he sliced around my belly button and all the way up to my breastplate. Right there. Right there. Like straddling me on the gurney and just like all this, like so much blood just goes, just in a flood everywhere, you know. And then he grabs this little saw and he saws like right through my breastplate. While you're awake? Yeah, wide awake, dude. Wide awake. Oh my god. Fuck. Yeah. And um and then he takes this thing that looks kind of like a bumper jack or something like a pull your rib cage. Whatever, yeah. man, and it just like breaks my ribs and opens my whole chest up and he reaches in and he's just like, you know, basically what he was doing was massaging my heart. What I didn't know up to this point was that I had a severed aorta. Oh. So you're gushing blood. I had a severed aorta. That's the main valve in your heart for those that don't. For like 40 minutes. Holy Jesus. What a shot. The reason that that I didn't have, um, you know, uh, painkillers or anything out is they didn't have, there was no blood. You couldn't even get a vein because there was literally zero blood There was no blood to put a drug into, you know. Um, uh, So he just like kept my heart going. And I, and, and, and. God kept my breath going. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I and I made it through um 
a surgery, the surgeries that they had to do to reattach my aorta. And the bullet did a lot of damage because it, it went in it and it hit the back of my rib cage. And then it did like this corkscrew thing through my innards, you know, um, uh, punctured lung, uh, passed through my liver twice, uh, destroyed my spleen, destroyed my gallbladder. They took out about a, I don't know, uh, three feet of my, uh, lower intestine, um, and lodged behind my kidney, you know? So I had major, major damage, you know? And, um, and the next morning after the, after that, like, Eventually, they were able to put, you know, the gas mask on me and put me to sleep and get, take me into surgery. And, and I'm laying in, in this intensive care unit. And I've got, you know, uh, tubes and whatever coming out. of You know, they had gone in here, gone in there, uh, down my throat, you know, on machines everywhere. Just you, you can imagine. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, the, the You're a bionic man at that point. Yeah. And, and I couldn't talk, um, but they gave me one of those dry erase boards and, 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 a, and a grease pencil. Sure. Yeah. And so the doctor that did my surgery came in, and I recognized him. He's the same guy that straddled me and, and, and did the chest mas- uh, the, the heart massages and stuff. And, um, and he came in, and he goes, um, looking at me, man. And, and I get the erase board, and I, and I said, thank you for saving my life on this dry erase board and he looked at me and he just thought for a second and he goes um he goes honestly he goes i'm only here to see um to see you this morning to convince myself that this is real oh my wow. god i just got he goes he goes goosebumps dude oh my god because there was nothing Jesus. i could have humanly done to save your life it wasn't me <laughs> wow Fuck. He goes, the fact that you're alive right now to me is just, um, it's got me completely baffled. He goes, so if you have a God or a higher power or something like that in your life, he goes, give him the credit because it wasn't me. You know, all I did Fuck. was just make, you know, do some sewing and, and some, you know, patching up and stuff. You know, uh, I fi- I fixed broken stuff. He goes, but, but you were beyond help. He says, there's, there's no way, there's nothing that can convince me that you could have survived that. <laughs> Bro, I'm I shook to have goosebumps. Yeah. So that's why shook. I asked if you, you know, do we talk about spiritual we stuff? We talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we definitely do. And, and people need to hear that. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, there's been, you know, thousands of near death experiences, but to actually have a conversation about one is fucking unbelievable. Right, right. Otter God. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, I know you said that a lot. That's fucking show yesterday. And I, it really resonated with me. B graph. I was like, wow, that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is it coincidence or is it something moving in your life that you can't fucking explain and miraculous and and call it whatever the fuck you want. And like, I, you identify as a Christian. If you identify as a Buddhist, a fucking Muslim, like there's something in your fucking life that is keep, like there's something moving in your life that you can't explain. Well, you know what, man, I got a, I got a theory about all that, man. And it's like, it, it's like, you know, every single one of these, uh, religions, you know, Buddhists, Muslims, uh, 
Christians. There's there's probably a whole list that I'm I'm leaving out, but but every one of them says exactly the same thing, right? They say we believe in the one true God. Right. You know what I mean? And we just got a different version of the story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so like wherever you're getting your God, man, that's good with me, man. Straight up, that's more power to you, man, because it's working. Yep. You know? and it's keeping you a moral good person. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and, and so, like, I'm cool. I'm cool with all of it, man. And, and you know, I don't, I don't push it on anybody. I'm, I'm just really grateful that I've got my understanding of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you know what yeah. blows my mind about the the doctor coming into the room and and just like I had to come in here to convince myself, and you heard that, and your fucking chest is cracked open, and he's massaging your heart to keep you alive, and. That wasn't enough to keep you fucking clean. You had I, to keep going. No, but I, 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 I made a deal, right? Right. I had made a deal on the helicopter. Get you me out of this. Let me get me out of this, and I will never, ever, yeah, <laughs> ever, ever, ever touch another drug. It's like I'm, a, like I a know. Lawnmower. I know. Yeah. I'm. I'm like better. This is. This is. Better than, you know, the deal I made was better than that stack of papers that I filled out from the AIM program. You know what I mean? 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, I was, like, they were like, okay, we we need you to start breathing better, you know? Um, so, we we need to um, give you some pain medication so your lungs can start healing because you're fighting too much because of the pain. And I'm like, sorry, not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. So I was really adamant um, about not doing the drugs, even in times of need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And, and they had to get my mom to come in and talk to me about, um, like, she's out in the hallway praying the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know That's I mean? a hard woman. Right. You know, she spent, she spent, like, I was in ICU for a month and a half, you know, and, and I don't think she ever left the hospital. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not sure, but I'm. Didn't feel I like know it. she was always there, right? You know, and um, and she would she would move back and forth from the cafeteria to the um, the little pra- places they have, you know, for people to go pray and sit and and meditate or whatever, yeah, and and come back and check on me, and, and she was always there, you know. Um, man, God bless my mom. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, I miss her so much, bro. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um. Yeah, I relate were, to that. Where was I going with that? I, I got, we were I just got, backtracking. So at this point, you oh go yeah, through the gunshot, and then I you have the nineties. I, I made the deal. You made you know, the deal. I made the yeah. deal, and I was I was resolved to um, follow through with your follow habit. through with it, right? Um, so I I thought that was like a, a kind of a like a gray area, like like okay, I I did the painkillers, but I'm staying off of them now, kind yeah. of thing, you know. So so as I as I as I became less in need of using painkillers, I cut them out and I was sticking to my deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and the way I was going to stay clean this time was I was going to, I had a, my older sister had moved up to, um, this place called Ranchita. You know where Ranchita is? Oh, love Ranchita. Where's Ranchita? It's up there by Warner Springs. Like on the way way, in Borrego? Way past like Julian and all that, man, way up in the boonies, you know? (laughs) And, um, and I was going to go, you know, I, I, I discharged from the hospital to her house. You know, I still had, um, like these 
tubes coming out of, uh, out of my side, you know, that would like drain. Um, I had to wear this thing that would drain um, fluid off of my liver because they had taken my gallbladder out. Um, and there was, you know, bolt, it was perforated. There was, there was a couple bullet holes through my, through my liver. So I had this like drain line that came off of me. Um, it was really gnarly. It was like a little suction ball, right. you know, and it would suck like just bile and crap that, that your liver couldn't disperse. That's what your gallbladder's for is to process the bile and create it. Exactly. Yeah. So without yeah. it, like, so yeah. you don't eat fast food anymore. <laughs> oh God, that's all I eat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Gnarly. Yeah. Uh, Kenny loves burritos, baby. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm all about the burritos and the um and the number seven at Jack of Oz. <laughs> yeah. What's the number seven? Uh, that's the uh, uh, double bacon cheeseburger. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ain't never met a cheeseburger I didn't like. Yeah. So I'm big on that, man. But but um, yeah. So so. Like I went to my sister's and I was, I was up there for about six months and, um, and I started, you know, transferring my mail and stuff there, man. And I got a letter from the parole that said, um, why haven't you checked in? Oh, well, well have, have you, have you, you not remember, watched the news? <laughs> Cause you remember I got shot, you know, and the and day of the day of, yeah. So I never did my check-in and, um, so- and they were kind of like, you know, where are you at? <laughs> kind of. So, so I called the guy and I kind of gave him the rundown, man. And he's like, can you give me like even one reason why I shouldn't violate you right now? And, and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> the, the, uh, the fact that I got shot and I have been, you know, I was in intensive care and, and everything. And then I just, you know, it became more important for me to, uh, survive, you know, whatever, right. you know. So anyways, the guy worked with me. He goes, well, here's what we'll do. I want you to go to four NA or AA meetings a week and um, see a counselor and and whatever, you know. And, and so that was my um, introduction to recovery. Right right there you know because i started to go to meetings and 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 um meeting girls you know yeah. And, see, yeah and seeing people that had something else going on in their life besides whoa I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> sorry about that mm-hmm. and to knock over the whole unit here. <laughs> <laughs> so so i just you know i got my first you know taste of recovery you know and um and I started going to meetings and and hanging out with cl- people in recovery and and it turned out pretty good, you know, for quite a while. I met the girl. I had so this is in '89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this uh, real quick? Is this because I know like uh, you know Dennis was around? Yeah. It was so I was just trying to picture like, can you imagine being you know in the meeting and here comes Kenny with fucking tubes coming out his fucking side and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was trying to picture like who, who was there at that time. Yeah. That I, th- actually... I think I lost the tubes, you oh, know, okay. um, at that, at that point. Still, because, yeah, the fact yeah, of the matter is yeah. you just got fucking shot though. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I was still kind of, you know, yeah. like, like still experiencing some, um, yeah, some uncomfortability. <laughs> yeah. Some of the, some of the uncomfortable stuff that was going on. Like I had a lot of liver pain for quite a few years, you know? Um, and I guess livers regrow themselves or repair themselves or yeah. something like yeah. that, man. So, so it's always just a process of it healing, 
you know, the, the healing process took quite a while, man. And, and um, I stayed at my sister's for about a year, um, stayed clean, you know, for, you know, probably the first six months, you know, of being up there, you know, but, um, but eventually, you know what, you can put me on a desert island, and and I'm going to talk the crows into getting me some dope. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So so so, and and that was um, you know, uh, a point in my life where where I was like, God, I had made this deal with look, God came through for me in a major way, you know what I mean? And I had made this deal, and I thought it was contingent on, um, that you know on me following through with my end, you know? And, and so when I couldn't follow through, you know, obsession's a hard thing, brother, you know, obsession is a hard thing, man. And it's something that I had known in my life, my entire life from, from, you know, from, it was literally your normal state. Yeah. Yeah. The obsession to use had never left me, you know, and I, and, and, you know, I told you I was I was clean for about five years or so, and I did the whole family thing and all all that throughout that time. And I, I worked the steps with Ronnie G. That was my sponsor. You know, wow. like 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 I had seven or eight sponsees and and just like really doing the fucking deal. doing the deal. I was involved in area service. I was involved in meeting service. I was, you know, I was, I was, we were a recovery power couple, you know, and, sure. and all that, you know, and, um, but I never addressed my obsession, mm. you know, and if I got a message for anybody, man, um, it's, it's, if you're living with the obsession, um, let it be known, you know, cause, cause I thought I had this dirty secret I needed, like, you know, I needed to protect this dirty secret, man, because I was, I was all that in a bag of chips in the recovery community. You know what I mean? But, um, so, so if they knew that I was dealing with obsession in my life, then, then maybe they would, you know, yeah, images, everything, right? Perpetuating a fraud. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I was perpetrating a fraud in recovery, you know, um, never addressed it. And that's you know, ultimately, when my when my marriage failed, and and I wasn't going to have that you know picket fence family plan thing, um, when that all came crashing down, I immediately gave in to the obsession. You know, because I just needed if you got obsession, you just need an excuse. Yeah. You know, and and and, and mine was you know tailor made. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so 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 off I went, and and immediately right back to where I came. You know slam dope get a gun do robberies whatever you know um uh and and right back into trouble man i got it i got it for another home invasion uh went and did a a bit upstate you know um got out got violated got out got violated got out the revolving pulled another door. term yeah well well yeah i i wound up in that in that time frame um doing um three more terms and five more violations. Jesus fuck. You know? And then, uh, I got out and, um, my ex with my boys, right? We had been, you know, dropping a few letters or whatever. And she's like, do you want to come back and try again? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) 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 I I got nothing else going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 
and, and um and so like I, I paroled to her house you know and and she took care of me and and I got involved in re, in recovery and whatever man but but it, it just was really not cool <laughs> yeah it was not cool um it wasn't any it was never going to be anything like I had always hoped for god damn rebel <laughs> fucking cat <laughs> so so you know uh that fell apart again and and i and i left there did you already have the fed case too no no that's oh, when okay. i got the fed case oh, yeah so here we yeah. go so i so i so i left there and i got involved with some some smugglers you yeah. know and 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 we were they were smuggling aliens and it was really lucrative man you know like like a thousand bucks a head just to, and all I had to do was take them around the border checkpoint. I didn't have to take them like you know very far. I could pick them up in the bush, get them around the checkpoint, drop them off, get paid, you know. And 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 so, like we had a place up in Campo, you know, and we had like a, a old beat up uh, mobile home on the property. And man, we would just fill that thing with with illegals, you know, and take them a couple at a time, man, and, and you know. Couple, we had we had quads, and we would take them through the through the boonies around the checkpoint and and drop them and and get paid. Damn. Yeah. So it worked out a few times, you know, and and kept us in casino money and dope money and and and, and whatever, you know, and uh, and we got caught. Well, and when we got caught, that was the gnarly one, man. That was the gnarly one because, like, you know. I had, I had heard that they just, you know, basically, if they catch you smuggling aliens, they just kind of slap your hand and, and you know, you know, it's your first time, you know, don't do it again kind of thing, man. But uh, with me, um, with nine prison priors, you know, and, 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 and a lifetime of arrest and stuff like that, they, um, the, the grand jury indicted me on this thing called the Federal Career Criminal Act. Oh, yeah. 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 fuck <laughs> yeah and um and what that is the equivalent of the three strike law to for the state you know the feds um have this thing and i think ronald reagan invented it or something i don't know Thanks, yeah, yeah. fucking prick <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so so the, the grand jury handed down an indictment for um for me and i had three uh co-conspirators you know three crime partners Right. And um, and they were charging us in unison. But my end of it was um, much more. They got, the, you know, the, um, uh, sentencing guidelines and stuff like that, you know, that 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 they really stick to real strong, man. And, and so for for just the uh, the smuggling part of it, you know, um, was like seven to ten years or something like that was was my um low end sentencing sentencing guideline yeah low end seven high ten you know and um and then they were gonna you know do because of my prison priors this and this and that and and my lawyer that came to see me was explaining all this to me and she's like you could sign a deal you know like right now for 15 years and um and and just you know be over it all and i'm like okay and she goes i highly recommend that you do that because you are a prime candidate for this federal career criminal act. And if the grand jury decides to indict you on that, um, you could be facing life. And I'm like, I never heard, you know, never heard the life end on any of my trouble, you know? Yeah. And, um, 
and I'm like, well, let's let's just see what happens, kind of thing, you know, you know, because God's got my back, you know, <laughs> not so much, <laughs> yeah. So so it wasn't very much longer that they handed down the indictment on me, and um, I was, you know, prime candidate, um, with nowhere to turn, you know, um. I got a federal. I got a federal defender, which is the the equivalent of a um, uh, public defender. Public defender for for the Fed cases. And Useless. That's actually they're actually better yeah. than. Uh, I yeah. I take that back too because I had my when I got my big case, I guess you could say that I had two co-conspirators and they had paid lawyers and I had a public defender and she was felt so strongly that I was getting the fucking worst end of the deal because everything had been pinned on me and I was willing to accept that because I was. I was guilty as fuck. Yeah. And she fought and got everything fucking thrown out. But. So. Oh, we're getting a little nicotine in there. Yeah, I got a little nicotine addiction. Yeah. So <laughs> this brings us to our first sponsor of the show. Boom, baby. Zin. Zin. Spearmint. Always the Spearmint 6. I'm an on guy. I'm an on guy. He's yeah. got the 8 <laughs> millies. Yeah, he, has the eight, yeah. he has the 8 mil. And Damn. I and I double up. And I double up. <laughs> you know what I like about the. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Come on. <laughs> You know what I like about those ons, though? Do you know that it has the trash can on the back of the pack? Absolutely. It's the best. Yeah, but they fill up quick. Yeah, it does. It's not, (laughs) they should definitely increase the size of that, but I digress. So back to, back to, back to my case, man. Um, I, I, I wanted to get out of jail, you know, the obsession just screaming. Oh, got to tell you about this. So you remember, um, in 2000. Um, 10 Easter Sunday is that like relevant to anybody no uh, uh, the earthquake? earthquake the earthquake earthquake okay yeah, I remember so I'm on the 24th floor of MCC downtown oh fuck <laughs> right we we just finished um breakfast or or maybe it was no it was lunch breakfast like it was five lunch eight, yeah. Five yeah. <laughs> so, so we had just finished lunch and we were doing lockdown for count and um and the earthquake hit and it was like what it was like a five point something earthquake it really shook the hell out of san diego right mm-hmm. but when you're 24 stories up it's a lot worse oh yeah that that building was literally twisting and shaking to the point where i was looking out the window right and i could see nothing but sky and then as the as as the sway as as the cycle like completed, I could see the pool in the apartments next door. Holy shit! Yeah, like that's that's and the building did that for like forty five minutes. Oh, yeah, it was just like what? It's like gnarly as fuck. Is this the end? Yeah, is this how I? Is this is how I go. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, it was like really gnarly. That 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 was like kind of the highlight of my whole stay there. The thing I remember most is the earthquake. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, and the cops um, evacuated the building. They locked us in our cells and evacuated. They left. Wow. Yeah. I mean, then again, but what else are they going to do? Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these convicts. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, so, so like that happened, but, but in this process, like I was trying to figure out like, you know, mom help, you know, <laughs> the, the only, the only person I could call was mom. And, um, and she helped me. Um, I had some money, but they weren't ex- like, 
the feds don't do cash bail like the state does. No, they do not. Like, like you get busted in state, okay, you stole a car, you know, $50,000, you're out, right? With the feds, they don't do that. They make um, you put up a house. Yeah, they have they have to have property ass- on top of the cash. They need property assurances and stuff. And not only that, is you have to get a judge to approve of your bail. Like, he has to, he the judge has to, like, go down, you know, your proposal to get bailed out, basically, and and approve it. Well, they kept denying me. Like, no, you know. It's, You're here to stay. Yeah, he's possible life sentence. He's definitely a flight risk. He's already escaped from he's, prison. He's a dirtbag. He's got escapes on his wreck. Right. All of these things came into play, man. And, and um, and and my my sentencing guidelines, I was off the chart. Like, they have a chart they go by, okay, you know, this many crimes, this much time, whatever, you know. And um, I was off the chart. Like I would, and so, um, they were denying me the, the opportunity to bail. And I went back to court a few times to try, you know, something new, something new, something new. What, what, what came into play was, um, going to, um, uh, in-house treatment, you know? Oh, this sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. What came into play was going to in-house treatment. I'm like, yeah, you know, my, my whole Sign thing, me up. You know, I'm, <laughs> I just want to get out. I'm still obsession driven. You know, I want to get back out there and get my shit, you know, and then take care of all my things and all, all that, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. But, but, but mom's going to back me up. She puts her house up, um, put the cash up, whatever. And, um, and they, they like, okay, you're getting out, you're bailing out, you know, but you have to go to treatment. And I'm thinking, you know, there's, there's all, there's a ton of treatment I can get to. I can choose which treatment, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) So like they release me. And two federal agents meet me at the at, at at the door, and they take me to intake at crash, and they drop me off. In in that interim right there, they uh, first you have to go up to the, uh, the to the um, probation department and sign papers and whatever, and they tell you this is this. That's when they lower the boom. Like, You're going to crash, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was literally like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> send, send, me, send me back take, just take me back to myself i you know every time that i've ever been released from county jail or from prison or whatever i've always seen like the you know the poster board you know the the bulletin board or whatever and like, do you want recovery you know go to crash and and right. like like i'd always seen that so i'd heard of crash and i've met people um and this, this is going to sound like a plug for crash mm-hmm. or whatever, man. But but that's 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 where I went through, man. So that, so so that's that's my story. Mm-hmm. But um, but like I'd met a ton of people in the system, you know, that had been to crash. Have you ever tried crash? You know, and they're oh fuck that place. It, it did nothing but rats and punks there, and yeah. fucking you know it, it doesn't work. You know, and it's always all, people who never <laughs> finished. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's always from the program failures that you're getting your information. You know, right, so right. I'd, I'd never you know, known anything about crash, except it's just another opportunity for, for failure, which I'm conditioned to failure anyway. So, you know, it's all, it's not going to work, you know? And, um, and so like, no, take me back to my cell. I don't want to do this. And, and the lady just like, you know, one of those, one of those voices that I'll never forget, you know, she goes, uh, uh, you know what? Just try it. She's like, just try it. This could help you a lot, you know? And, and if nothing else, if you finish this program, it's going to help you on your sentencing. 
And so like, okay, all I need is some motivation there. And then, yeah. and, you know, so, so maybe I'm not get the life sentence. Maybe I'll just do 15, 20 years, whatever. And there will be girls there. And there, oh, and it's co-ed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I went to. What the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you get there and you go, guess what? You can't look at them. Yeah. Yeah. You, can't you can't talk, talk to, to them, them. <laughs> because if you do, we're kicking you out. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, okay. thanks. Sick. Yeah. So, so they they got a good model there, though, man. They really Precious do. Really has a good, no, good dude. Model. They really fucking do. They say, those people saved my life, man. So I know. Literally saved my life, and 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 you know, uh, I think God put them in my life for a reason, man. God put me in that situation just to say, look, you don't have no wiggle. I'll, I'll use my Edward voice. You got no wiggle room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, uh, I didn't have any wiggle room. You know, I had to either complete this program or be a failure and and whatever, man. But but I got there, man, and uh, uh, full intentions of leaving. Uh, in fact, they get they they assign somebody to you called a shadow. <laughs> you know that 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 basically shadows you for your first few days there. You know, and and um and I told my shadow, I said, look. Check this out. Don't get upset when I leave, <laughs> you know, because that's my intentions. I'm, I'm going to go. Um, I'm just sticking it out for a minute just to catch my breath, you know, and, and kind of get my game plan down or, or whatever, man. Right. Um, but, but in that time, in that little time frame, you know, I started to see uh, people who were similar to me, you know, used like I use, um, got, in the, got into the same uh, – predicaments that I got into, whatever. And they were doing something different, man. You know, um, some graduates were coming in, you know, sharing their stories, um, this kind of thing, man. It just gave me enough, um, you know, stick and stay kind of attitude to just check it out. And then I also had, you know, my, uh, my federal agent, you know, that would, would, you know, in the back of my voice, just, just stick it out. If you stick it out, it's going to be good for you, you know, um, even if you can't stay clean or whatever, it can't hurt. It can't hurt you in your sentencing, you know? Um, so I stayed, you know, um, I, I stayed and I, I, I still had the obsession and I was a mess, you know, I had known nothing but prison for a long, long, long time, mm -hmm. you know, um, full on prison mentality, the, 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 racist attitude what's everybody looking around for it's time to go no, is no. your fucking phone on no it's my fucking phone oh <laughs> my bad guys sorry no I was like, you guys are looking at each other I'm like oh, are you guys looking for the clock man is it am I no, over no no no, no. no. so you're fucking when you're in prison you're politicking and, and running with the car Oh yeah, or running the car. Yeah, you're yeah. running the car. <laughs> My he's, bad. He's yeah. driving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got the so, keys so, in this bitch. So yeah, you know, I, I was you know just well well into my uh, prison career and my prison um, character, mm -hmm. whatever you know, institutionalized. Yeah. So I had a, a couple of things that happened early on in my crash that I want to talk about that that were real eye openers for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of them was the fact of the clothes that I was wearing. Know, because you know when you get released anybody ever been released you know you get released and um your clothes that you were busted in yeah never they, fit right they go in a ziploc baggie you know and they go in a uh, whatever probably a cool damp place where mold can grow and you know all that funkiness can happen you know and then they when they release you you dress back into your clothes you know 
but I had been, I'd been there for a couple of months, you know, and, um, I was eating food, (laughs) 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 you know, something, something foreign to a tweaker or whatever, you know, but, but yeah, so I was, I was, um, I was actually doing speed balls at the time, you know, so there wasn't much food coming into play. And then when, when I got, got locked up, um, I started eating and um, regaining a lot of the weight that I had lost. And so, like, when I went to do my dress outs, I went to button. I had 501 Levi's, man, and I could only button the first two buttons of my pants. And the rest, I just couldn't get to come together, man. And um, and my socks were funky, and my T-shirt was funky, and I just, like, I couldn't do it, man. And so I stole their socks, and I stole their uh, their T-shirt, and I had my tennis shoes. I think it was a pair of boots probably at the time, but but um, and and, and that's how I got to jail. Oh, I, I took I cut the the hem off the bottom of my five hundred ones, and I tied my belt loops together in the front so they my pants would stay up, you know. And then I, <laughs> I just covered them with that with that jailhouse T-shirt, man, and and um, and that's how I got to crash. And I didn't have any other clothes. And everything I had was in a manila envelope, literally, you mm. know, and it wasn't much. It was mostly release papers. And, um, and I, like, you know, you know, I wandered around the, the courtyard at crash for a couple of days, a couple of three days. And, and, um, Kevin used to sit like right there overlooking the courtyard, man. That was his, 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 um, thing. And he knocks on the window while I'm out there smoking a cigarette and he goes, Hey, come in here. And I come in there and he goes, he goes, I've noticed that you're wearing, the same clothes you got here in and you've been wearing them for like three days. And I was actually washing them, you know, the socks and underwear and, and, and the t-shirt washing them in the shower every night. And I was hanging them up on my, on my bunk and then just putting them on damp the next morning, you know? And, um, he goes, I, I want you to, um, make a phone call and call somebody to bring you some clothes. And, uh, and I, I told you guys, I was, born and raised in San Diego, got a pretty big family, you know, a lot of brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and uncles and nephews and, and you name it, you know, a lifelong, you know, 46 years of growing up in San Diego, man. And, and he offered me to, to let me make a phone call to somebody to bring me a change of underwear. And there wasn't nobody. There was not a single person that I could call that I could get some clean underwear. You know, and it was just like, wow, you know, what have I become? You know, it, it was, it was a turning point in my life, you know? And the next thing that happened was this thing we call an ASI. And it's like an interview with a intern or counselor or something, you know, where they sit you down and they go, you know, go over your drug history and your life history and whatever. And they got, they're checking little boxes on a clipboard the whole time and ta- asking you questions and, and um, this lady, Antoinette, she was the intern at the time she was doing mine. And she goes, um, like, we get like halfway through it. And she goes, I need a break. Fuck. <laughs> you yeah. know? And she goes, uh, do you want to go have a cigarette? And so, like, we're out on the courtyard having a cigarette. And she goes, um, she goes, this is one of the hardest ASIs I've ever done. And she goes, this is kind of um, getting emotional for me. She goes, she goes, I think of it, I always think of this as like a, um, an interview for a movie part, you know, and and I think of the movie that, that I would make while I'm talking to the person and, and with you, all I can think of is, is that, um, I'm making a prison movie 
and you're the star and you've already got the job and I'm not even halfway done. <laughs> Fuck. Damn. Yeah. And I'm like, is that what I put out there? You know what I mean? Right. Is that, is, is, is that, is that who I am? Is that who I wanted to be? Is, you know, like, like what have I become? You know? And, um, and so like I, I got them to, um, y- you know, uh, help me. I got them to help me. They offered me to, um, open this big closet of donated clothes, you know, go ahead, um, you know, pick out three or four outfits for yourself. Um, don't wear the same clothes every day anymore, you know? And, um, and, and as I am doing that, I got Antoinette in the back of my head and, um, and I'm thinking about like what I put out there because, you know, that, that like I've been to prison look that people give, you know, and the way that they dress and the way that they stand, you know, back and like, you know, approach me, you might die kind of, kind of <laughs> look, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and I wanted to be rid of that. You know, I wanted to be rid of the, all the, all those character traits, um, that portrayed the person that she talked about while doing that ASI. So I got golf shirts, you know what I mean? <laughs> I got, I got golf shirts and I got, you know, slacks and, and, you know, I, I, I got clothes that changed, um, tried to change the image that I was um, putting out there, you know, and I started to smile to people and become, and my teeth were fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, you know, I've lost a lot of things in my, in my, in my run, you know, um, houses, cars, wives, children, every, I've lost a lot of things, but the thing that I missed the most out of my whole life, my mom and my teeth, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like 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 i needed some dental work badly right you know? <laughs> so so anyways but i i tried to smile more be more engaging um you know approachable like like i was unapproachable like everybody was scared of me mm-hmm. you know could be because of like what i was putting out there you know like it, it, it was survival skills from the penitentiary you know, but they weren't serving me anymore, and I needed to be rid of them. That's one of the greatest lessons I learned in Crash. You know, it's it's it's, it's carried me pretty far in my recovery. Leave your you guns know. at the door. Leave your guns at the door. Exactly. <laughs> that was that was my like. They have these. Um, did you go to Crash? I'm the only one that didn't. Okay, so but so I'm familiar with like uh, do the work, and I shall know you. Leave your guns at the door. What are they called? Concepts. Yeah. Concepts. Thank yeah. you. The the, the the treatment concepts they they got this thing called the red book there man that that um that's got all these concepts and and stuff man and if you just like they all make sense man now they didn't make shit since when I was there because <laughs> you know, when you're when you're there on red book study day where you spend the whole Saturday for four hours just yeah you know looking at this red book you know it, yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense but 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 in factual in factual basis they yeah. they applied to your life they can make change you know and um and my values changed and and um uh, the door started opening you know but i still had the obsession still untreated obsession man uh, deep within me the same one that had you know driven me to ruin the same you know apple cart upsetting shit um was still the still there alive and well within me you know and um and I went to um, Edward, you know, and Kevin. It, it, Kevin was my counselor. Edward was was my 
co-counselor, <laughs> you know, there, you know, if, and if you knew these guys, they are, they are one hell of a team. Oh, for you sure. Know, you know, so, um, and I said, Hey man, uh, this is all going very well and it's looking good. And my, uh, my agent's happy and, and, and everything with, with how I'm doing here, ma'am. But the truth is, um, I can't wait to get out there and use again. Like, wow. You uh, finally broke yeah. Finally admitted that. Yeah, I said I, I have the obsession, and, and and it's 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 not subsiding, you know. As much as I want to do good, I have that that I know is is the the at the core of my um, being conditioned to failure. You know, as long as I got that, I don't think I have a chance. Like, what do I do? And he said, you know what? Um, honestly, uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, I dealt with that myself and, and what you have is, um, it's a condition. It's the phenomenon of obsession and you're beyond human aid. Mm. Beyond human aid. You know, there's nothing that anybody can do for you to take that away. What you need, there's only a spiritual solution. So my advice to you is simply pray about it do you have a god in your life and i explained to him about you know the 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 bright light on the helicopter and 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 all of that and he said that's who you need to contact (laughs) make 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 contact with that force right there and because if they can do all of that this obsession should be no problem and what i've learned is that you know my god can move mountains my God has performed miracles in my life, you know, um, un, you know, tangible evidence uh, is just me being here breathing and pumping blood right now, you know? So if, if, if he can do all of that, he can do this too, you know? And, um, and I was hopeless, bro. I was hopeless. I, I, I was like, you know, I just know that uh, eventually this is all going to come crashing down again. You know, the apple cart's going to get upset. You know, um, cause the minute, the minute that I think I, I got one coming or that something, uh, qualifies as an, uh, reserva- you know, one of my mm-hmm. reservations that qualifies comes into play. Um, Check. I, I'm okay to use, you know? And, um, he said, you know, go back to your room, you know, get on your knees, contact that force, that God, whatever you're dealing with and ask for the obsession to be removed. And, um, and I got on my knees hopeless and, um, and it was another miracle in my life because I got up, man, and I had hope and the obsession was gone. It was gone. Like, think of that, man, 46 years of my life. I'd lived under the rule of this tyrant obsession, you know, and it was just not there. And for the first time in my life, I had some hope that, that, you know, I, I could survive, you know, that all those problems, you know, the legal cases and everything that was going on in my life, um, didn't matter, you know, at at that point in my life, it didn't matter. And, and, and I was like, um, I was resigned to the fact that I was going to go do probably 15, 20 years at that time, like sitting in crash knowing when crash is over, I'm going to go for sentencing and I'm going to go do a bunch of time and it could be the rest of my life. But, um, but having the obsession removed, at least I could bring that with me. 
you know what I mean? And, and, and I could live some kind of life and, 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 and I had become, um, uh, like I wanted to help people too. You know, I, I wanted to help people like they were helping me, you know? And, um, wow. That's so crazy to think about, to be able to stay focused in a fucking gnarly program like Crash, knowing that, like, for, you put fucking 20 people in that same situation and 19 of them are like, fuck this, I'm out. If I know I've got time and I'm fucking diligently pursuing this recovery and trying to just fucking remove the obsession, like, 19 out of 20 people. What a trick, right? Like, the door's not locked. It wasn't you. I know that. And and we... (laughs) Being at crash, we've all witnessed people doing that. Yep, just they're fucking just like, it. oh, they're gonna get encountered, bounce. Yep, and, not, and not only not leave, but it's hard as fuck not to get kicked out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, so I like I had to put in work just to stay there. You know, and I was on I was on thin ice the whole time I was there. Did you get contracted up? Oh, big time. Yeah, I was I was on every tool they had, bro. I was on. Yeah, exiles multiple times. I was on, uh, you know. Exiles is where you can't fucking, nobody can talk talk to you and they can't talk to you. Exile is you get up in the morning, you take a shower before anybody else gets up and you go out on the courtyard and you sit at like, like, you know, like an old school desk, Mm -hmm. you know, and you sit there and you you can have a pen, a paper and a red book and you sit there and you're not allowed to make contact with anybody and you eat at different times than everybody else. They, They call it the family there. Right. So, so the family, you're not involved with the family at, in any way. And I was on exile pending, which means pending whether they decide or not to kick me out. So, Fuck. Yeah. So, so I, was, I was on the thinnest of ice that, you, that, that, that they have there. Um, pretty much the whole time I was there. Not, I didn't do the whole time on exile, obviously, but right. I, I would do like four or five days of, of exile. And, um, who puts you on exile, by the way? Does the family decide that? No, the, the counselors do. Oh, Kevin but, and Edward, huh? But I, do, I had it coming. Okay. Know? Yeah, I, I definitely had it coming. Like, we had this, this like, um, plan early on in, in, and I had contracted up with some girls in the house, you know, and um, we were going to, um, one of them was going out on the pass to go to the doctor, and they were going to meet their connection, and we were just, you know, pooling our money together so they could get us all enough dope to get high. You know, and, and the plan came out, you know, the plan came out and just my knowledge of it and that I'm not the one that brought it out or whatever got me and everybody, everybody pretty much got kicked out or, or severe consequences. And I was one of them, you know, so, so that was, that was very early on in my recovery or in in my treatment. That was me. Sorry guys. No, it's it's all right. That it's, um. You know, it's funny, we we're talking about how the, the program is run, too, and it's like when Kenny got there, you know, he w- was thinking maybe of an exit plan, right? You know, I'm, I'm going to leave soon. But what they do is they you, you're not allowed to use the phone for the first 90 days. Yeah. So there is a pay phone there. And I think it's 30. Is it 30? Yeah. Okay, so 30 days. So, and, and mind you, if you're going into a program like that, and especially if you're coming from, you know, jail, you're always on the phone and you're always communicating with your family and the friends and all that. And then that just stops. Or even when you're in treatment, cause I've been in treatment before too. And that was like, all, that was really nice to be in a rehab and then you could still reach out to your family and blah, blah, blah. But you can't do that here. Like, so you're sitting with yourself 
and whatever's going on in the outside world is going on. Don't and, be focused out. And that's the <laughs> and that's the beauty behind that program too, because it's fucking it's it's saving your life. It's saving you from yourself. Because you want to fucking be engaged still what's going on out there. And the moment that you hear something, you're going to want to run to it, you know? Yeah. So that, that was, that was um, like, like th- th- that program absolutely saved my life and helped me to make the changes that I needed to make in order to survive in, in the world. Like, I, I, in a world that was foreign to me, you know? Like, I had no idea how to live in society at, the, at that time, you know? In fact, I was, I was so um, uh, void of, of the feelings of any kind of belonging. It was just like, wow, you know, how am I going to do this? But, um, you know, and I had that huge case up in front. So, so I was like, you know, I'm going to do this for six months, and then I'm probably going to go do that for like 15 years or so. But, um, but I'm going to bring the stuff that I'm learning here with I, me because I feel like I'm a better man um, today, you know. Um, uh, it was a trip, bro. What, what was a real trip was that that you know, with that huge case hanging over my head, that I was able to stay there, and the doors aren't locked. Yep, the doors aren't locked. You know, like I could have left at any time and went out. Like I had all these, you know, ideas and plans and stuff like that, man. But but. When the obsession was removed, I felt like I had a chance, you know. And and I talked to Kevin, who who's now the program manager over there, but he was my he was my counselor. And I told him, I said, you know, um, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm still doing this. You know, I'm still here. Um, I'm I'm working to better myself, but I know that that at the end of this, that I'm going to prison, you know, and and for a long time. In the process, um, I had been to court a bunch of times, and and the reason I was going to court was because there was plea offers, you know. And the first one I signed for fifteen years, you know, and I was ready to go get sentenced. And my, when they when you have co-conspirators, we all go together, like we're we're one case, you know. And we went in there, and my co-conspirators they didn't have anything hanging over them like I did, like you know with all the prison priors and stuff like that, they were like basically first termers, you know? And, um, and their, their end of the plea bargain was like one guy was going to get a year. Another guy was going to get 18 months. Another guy was going to get probation and I was going to get 15 years. Fuck. You know, but I signed, everybody signed and we went to court and there was one dude and he was the dude that was the least, like he was the one with the least, um, Probation. probation. Yeah, he was the one that was just going to, you know, do do six months and get some probation or something like that, right, you know. Right, right. And, um, and we got in front of the judge, and the judge accepted our plea, and it's a big formal thing in this giant courtroom with more marble pillars and brass <laughs> it's fittings. It's fucking and, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a, yeah. like the federal courthouse is, a, is night and day different between state. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> so the judge, like, accepts our, accepts my plea, my plea and he's he's going through the process and and the guy goes wait a minute i'm not doing this i don't need to go you know like like i didn't do that you know whatever you know uh, he 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 backs out of the plea bargain in the courtroom oh my god and um are you looking shooting this dude fucking razor blades i'm like 
I'm like, this is probably the best deal I'm going to get. Right. You He's know? fucking it up. And you're fucking this up for me is, is my attitude, you know? And, um, and so they haul us back off, you know, and I'm pissed, you know, that this is going to be dragging on and that they're going to add more on, yeah. and, which they did, you know, the next plea bargain, um, they added like five years to me and they, um, added a little bit more to them to just show them, look, we're not going to go down. We're going to go up, yeah, yeah. you know? And we went and, and the same scenario over again. See, I seen the, the U S attorney, he's got the file right here and he just like threw it over his shoulder in the courtroom, really dramatic. Like, you know, like all these papers go flying, like, fuck, you know, <laughs> again, mm-hmm. you know? So, so this happened three times. Same guy keeps backing out. Same in court. guy, same guy. And now, um, I go back to my lawyer and I go, look, how do I distance myself from this idiot? You know? And she goes, the only thing that you can do is to um, plead guilty to the sheet. Just enter a guilty plea to everything and um, and separate yourself from them. And I go, set the date. <laughs> oh my set God. the date. I'm ready. <laughs> set the date. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I just... I. I want to know my destiny. I want to know my future at this point. You know, I've been in crash for about four months, you know, getting, getting, um, ready. You know, I'm tying, tying up loose ends in my life, you know, as far as, you know, um, you know, signing off my fortune, whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew who I was going to leave my manila envelope. To. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, but, um, but what happened was I, I separated myself from them and I went to court for sentencing. And, um, and and it was an open book for the judge. And I fell in the sentencing guidelines. Um, the judge the judge looks at me and he goes, um, Mr. Learned, uh, I've seen, I, I've read your files and I accept your, pl- I'm accepting your plea of guilty today. And are you ready to be sentenced? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, he goes, okay. Um, and I'd already done like the probation reports and stuff like that, all the pre-sentencing stuff that they do. And um, he goes, he goes, I've, I've read your file um, and, and your criminal history. He says, in the federal man, I'm, I'm mandated by law, by, you know, the federal mandate, the sentencing guidelines, I'm, I'm to sentence you to no less than 15 years and up to life today. Do you realize that? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, I've read, I've read that whole file. He goes, I've also read this other file. Can I turn back the, can I turn yeah, back yeah, a little bit? Always. Yeah, 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 okay. So, so at one point in, in treatment, you know, I had, I had expressed to Kevin, you know, my concerns over like, like, I'm just going to go to jail anyways. Well, mm-hmm. you know, what's this all for? Why am I doing, you know, why should I do this and stuff like that, you know? And, um, Kevin told me something really, really, uh, helpful and he said he said Kenny you're right you know you're probably gonna go do some time you know uh everything looks that way yeah you know the scales of justice you know your criminal history and your 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 recent crimes and stuff like that on this side of the scales of justice are very very heavy you know um so your job for the time that you're here and crash and up until you get sentenced is to bring everything you possibly can to set on the other side of the scale, you know, accomplishments, achievements, 
stuff like that. That and ownership will go a long ways to kind of balance it out during your sentencing, you know. And um, and and I did. I ran with it, man. I graduated crash. Um, uh, what do they call the Val Victorian? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I had gotten involved with the church, and I had gotten a job, and I was paying child support, and I had um, all these letters from you know clergy, from uh, employers, from uh, the staff at Crash, from family members, from my kids saying they need their dad. You know, just all these letters and from the probation that did reports on me that kept tabs on me, the, the, um, what do they call it, Andrew? The, the lady. Federal pretrial officer? Yeah, my, my federal pretrial officer, mm-hmm. who, who was the lady who told me initially. Give it a shot. Just give it a shot. It can help. You know, a letter from her, you know, um, who, who actually came to my graduation <laughs> of Crash, you know, and sat in the audience when I, when I spoke in front of probably 500 people, um, you know, uh, in Balboa Park, in Balboa yeah. Park. Yeah. The crash graduation, you know, like I was, I was the Val Victorian. I was, I was at the podium, you know, and, and she was right there, you know, and I was able to thank her from the, from the podium, you know, but Damn, um, I just got fucking goosebumps again. Yeah. Oh, bro. she sat right next to my mom. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, fuck. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're yeah. already a graduate when you're going for sentencing. Yeah. Yeah. What I was doing was, was I got continuances and um, I continued, I, like I, I he had accepted my plea, but I got continuances for my sentencing so I could finish crash. So I could do the aftercare program and I could do the in, in care program, you know? And, and during that time, I just like did everything I could to be, you know, a better human, bro. You know, to, to, to just bring that stuff to this side of the scale, yeah. you know? So the judge said, so I've read your file and, um, and and you're this according to this file you're deserving of every minute of that life sentence dude your butthole is puckering at that point right oh yeah oh "Oh, my god you know here we go 15 to life and he goes and i've also read this other file over here and these are the you know the letters from crash and the letters from your family and the letters from you know everybody that wrote these letters of recommendation he says i've read this I said, I, and I'm looking across this courtroom right now, um, and I can't honestly convince myself that the man standing in front of me is the man represented in this file over here. And so I'm going to go against the federal mandate, and I'm going to sentence you to probation. Damn. That's a federal judge, man, in the, in yep. the federal courthouse with, with the U.S. attorney standing right there. When they go outside of the guidelines, it's almost yeah. never up. Federal judges don't do that, bro. right? No, they, they don't. don't. But he did in my case, you know. I mean, and, uh, and and like I went from like, oh my god, here we go, I'm gone, to what just happened. You know, I've experienced another miracle. You know, and I went back to uh, I went directly back to crash. They were on Seventh and F, so it's like a four block walk. <laughs> And I went up in Kevin's office and I just cried in his arms, bro. Like, this happened. You know, this is real. This happened, you know. Uh, I get to have my life, you know. And um, Kevin said, you know what your job is now, right? And I said, no, what? He goes, well, you've received a miracle. Now it's your job to honor it. 
I can hear him say that too. Yep. Mm. I can like hear, lot, I can yeah. like hear him say that because yeah. he said that a, a lot. You know what I mean? You know what your job is now? Yeah. You know, I mean, I can just picture him that's saying Kev, that. that's that's full on yeah, Kevin for sure. You but know, you know, you know what your job is now, right? I mean, the thing about <laughs> don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. The the weight that Crash has being you know the number one program in the fucking country, and if you stick it out and you do what you're supposed to do, and then you have their back. Like, the counselors are writing letters. Like, it goes a fucking long way. I mean, Andrew's one of them. Like, he should be he should be in federal prison right now. Yep. yep. No, Noel should be in federal prison right now. You know, but they fucking were blessed. But not really blessed. Like... I was given grace. Right. Noel, Noel had a long time of fucking house arrest. And his life out was fucked up. Like, he couldn't do shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is, he stuck and stayed... And did what he was supposed to do, and fucking is still clean from it. Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, so, so, you know, at that point, I was like, yeah, you know, and and I'm motivated, bro. I'm, I'm to this day, I'm motivated to um to 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 give back, you know, to to honor my miracles. You know, I've received um more than my share of miracles in my life. You know, um in in the time that I've been out. In the time that I went through crash and, and since since then, you know, I've had life experiences that are just beyond my belief, bro. And and every single one of them, I acknowledge the fact that, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. If justice was served, I would not be holding my grandchild right now. You know, mm-hmm. if, if justice was served, I wouldn't have got married in Europe, you know. Uh, it, just, wow, you know, like. Hold on, you got married in Europe? <laughs> Oh hell yeah! <laughs> so check it out, man. Um, so I'm in. Can I go through this story, Absolute dude? You're. Dude. This is your show, dude. I don't hey. want to run you over. No, there's no running over. What are you talking about? Okay, okay. So we got five more hours. Keep it going. <laughs> so, I I met this girl in recovery, right? Um, shortly after that, you know, um, and I fell in love, you know, and and it was like real. It, it, reciprocated you know it, 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 it was genuine it, it's genuine man and um uh i'm able to uh like honor that relationship as, as good as i can you know and i was real rusty at it at first man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but she stuck it out man and, and she wow you know um but anyways like i've been like i've been on some kind of paper since i was old enough to be on some kind of paper you know, right. supervision, uh, uh, probation, parole, fed, you know, I've been supervised my entire life. Somebody's been checking in. Yeah. 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 The, the list is long. Yeah. I've, I've never been able to go anywhere without, um, you know, submitting an itinerary, setting up places to go piss in a cup, you know, that kind of thing, man. Um, if I leave the county line without permission, I, I'm subject to arrest, you know, all, all of that stuff, my entire life, bro. And, um, and when I was about, uh, I guess seven years clean, you know, I, at, at the time I had gone through the whole, like I had a very lengthy probation, uh, in that sentence, you yeah. know, and it was very hardcore, like, like, you know, constant checkups and, and, you know, two, three times I would have to go down to PI to call every single day by a certain time and, and find out if I needed to go test. And if <laughs> I did test, uh, if I failed, I could be violated, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, 
That shit sucks. Yeah, uh, I I lived with Andrew when that he was going through that same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Federal probation is is, it's is no joke. It makes state parole look like a bunch of pussies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, they do. The only nice thing is they don't roll up like state probation and parole oh with like sixteen God. people. Yeah. It's literally just like your PO comes and like knocks on your door and is like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I know. Like, oh, hey. I'm I'm good. So, so I've getting out of crash, right? We were all on paper. Well, I wasn't, but my roommates were in fucking, I think it might've been Steven. May I don't know. I don't know who it was, but the, you know, we're in, it's mostly Hispanic area where we're living at and, and, uh, you know, uh, so in Sherman, Sherman Heights and the fucking AB 109 comes deep yep. to the pad. Like 10 of them. Yeah. There's fully like, strapped yeah, up, like fully like, strapped up. Oh no, it's fucking Frank. It's Frank. <laughs> and so um, they come fucking rolling up and they fucking you shout know, out to Frank. Yeah, they fucking <laughs> jam us up. But the funny, the best part about it, though, is when you live in the hood, people don't even blink a fucking eye. Yep. Like, I can't imagine living where I'm at now and being fucking strapped and fucking, you know, 10 of these motherfuckers come and check probation. Right. You know what I mean? But right. goddamn, what a sight. And I'm like, so grateful that I don't have to fucking live that way anymore. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, but then okay, so then Andrew's guy, he comes over and he like shakes my hand. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Da 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 da, having a conversation. I'm like, "Wow, this is fucking weird." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. Are we gonna get some coffee next, pal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I've come to know is they're just dudes with a job. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. They're dudes with a job, and they see guys like us. Look, look, they've got a stack of clients. Like, like, like they've got a stack of files on their desk, right? And um and they could just blind pick one of those files and find a fuck up, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And it's very rare to get one that's following the program. To get one that's that's doing the deal, bro. Right. And we're those guys. Yeah. Yep. You know, we're those guys. So so like, you know, my job is like you know to to honor my miracle or whatever, man. Yeah. But, uh, wow. You know the 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 failures far outnumber the successes. You know, and and remember that I was conditioned to failure. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but but I really believe that that the removal of my obsession mm-hmm. also removed my condition to failure because I just felt like I had a chance. You know. Um, so, what's your clean date? My clean date is the twenty fourth of March, which is like in a couple weeks. Holy you know? shit! Yeah, you're right. right. Two thousand ten. So I'm, 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 I'm scratching at the surface of a dozen years. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. No fronts though. Yeah. No fronts. Yeah, no, no fronts. Not in this house. No. And, and, and daily I acknowledge that, man. Right. You know? So, so at about seven years clean at the time I was in like the write-in phase of, of my supervision. So like I basically just had to keep in touch, you know, through, um, through email and, and, they had a little um, electronic program that I could, I, could, I could actually go down to there and, and punch in a bunch of buttons and say, okay, I was here. I'm still clean. I'm gonna, and they take a photo of you. Yeah. It's yeah. a little kiosk. Yeah. yeah. A kiosk. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, like I was just on that that phase of my supervision, and and it was kind of coming to an end. I had probably a couple years left, you know, and um, and I, I went down there to find out, like, I didn't have a, a – an outdate for my probation. Like, like when is this all going to be over? Yeah. You know, it was, was where I was looking now because it's, I know that I'm going to do good, you know, um, as long as I don't eat that bread. Did I tell you about the bread? Mm-mm. So like, there's this bread called nuts and seeds. 
that like I loved it, dude. And I would make these ham sandwiches for work and everything, man. And, and they threw a random test on me. And it had poppy seeds in it. Yes. Yeah. And I came up um, positive for opiates. Yeah. I didn't eat poppy seeds for the three and a half years I was on probation. Yeah, so don't eat the nuts and seeds, bread. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know? How did and, you fucking get out of that one? And it was a shit storm, man. And they wanted me to self-admit to using um, opiates. And I'm like, no, no, look, I'm br- going to bring you the bread. You know, I'm sure they've heard it before or whatever. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? But, but I, I, in earnest, I was... You know, a victim of this poppy seed bread, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it almost cost me, man. Yeah. It That's almost cost me. Up. I don't know what kind of, like, you know, violation they would have given me for that, you know, because the life sentence was taken off the table by that judge. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, But I probably might have, you know, had to go do a year or yeah, something like I was that. Or say, a, a year. sandwich, you know? For a fucking sandwich. <laughs> Ah, fuck. Yeah. Can so, you imagine? So that was a close one. But, but well, hold on. Yeah, I can imagine. He got out on fucking parole know, and spent the I night know. with his daughter and got sent back on a I violation. Know, yeah, I can, I oh, that's that's Kenny luck right yeah, there. That, that <laughs> was, I was about to say, you know what? That is your luck. But that was a scare right there. I was like, you know. But um, so I went I went down there and, and like um, I didn't want to use a kiosk. I wanted to talk to a human, you know, and go, okay, you know, where am I at? Because other than the poppy seed thing which was very early on you know um i had not a blemish on my on my whole uh supervision and uh i asked you know can i can i speak to the officer of the day they got you know somebody that basically runs the counter for the day you know and uh and i said i you know i'm, I'm on probation and i won't just want to know when you know when it's over you know and uh and they go well let me go back and you know run you through the computer and she comes back and she goes, um, she goes, Mr. Learn, we, uh, we, we closed out your file six months ago. Oh um, my God. <laughs> she goes, we've been receiving your reports and we just never, never, they never told me I was already off. Like they, they sent, they, they let me go early. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, so I don't have to do this anymore. Like this was the first time in my life that I had not been under supervision. Right. You know, and I was like, what do I do? You know, Um, so I went down, I applied for a passport. I asked Tammy to marry me. You know, I had been asking her for years and she's like, (laughs) going to marry you. You're still on paper. You know, I'm, you know, my life was a mess, you know, but it was building and she saw something. Maybe she saw something in me that, that, you know, I didn't see or whatever, you know, but, but we had a great affair, you know, great, great love affair going on, man. And, and, um, uh, so we decided to get married, you know, and, um, we didn't want to have the big, you know, local wedding and invite all the people, like spend all that money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, like, the, the, th- the 30 grand. I'm sure Dustin could have. <laughs> t- <laughs> oh, Dustin, we, yeah. we harbor in a resentment over yeah. there. No, no, no. I mean, I'm yeah. really not because I am. You can, I know you are. You, you know see I mean? our logic. You know what I mean? family is fucking absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. So and they, they put that fucking wedding up, and that's what she wanted, and they paid it with not even a question. Yeah. That was one of the best weddings I've ever been to. Dude, Please, right? rub it in. <laughs> I let them know, kitty. I didn't get to go because I had COVID. Oh, I was yeah. in the... That was the first... Dustin was, was the first wedding I was ever asked to be in, and I went and worked Sturgis, and I got COVID when I got back, and his mom's fucking... I, we couldn't risk it. I actually like was what like 
where is he? Yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. like, like, yeah, I didn't know that. Though. I was yeah. at home, like, on the verge of tears, very upset, not having a good time. Yeah. Watching all my friends can I, live can, it up. Can I also say a big fuck you to China for COVID? Yeah. 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 No. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. hit that. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking cocksuckers. I went through my ordeal, too, man. That was fucking gnarly. So, yeah. so anyways, man, um, we decided rather than you know, have a big wedding here and everything like, like we would do a destination wedding somewhere, you know, and we started to mill around and, and, um, Tammy has a daughter now, my stepdaughter who, um, is married to an air force guy and they were stationed in Italy at the time. And, Mm -hmm. um, Milan air force base. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, uh, so we were at, at, is that Northern Italy? I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah. So we're, we decided that we couldn't do it without her there, you know, and the only way we we're going to do it is if we did our wedding in um, that part of the world, you know, and so we decided on Croatia. No shit. Yeah. So badass. And so we were originally going to go to Dvarnik, uh, you know, where, where they where they filmed the Game of Thrones because mm-hmm. I was a big Game of Thrones fan, <laughs> you know, and, and everything. So, um, so we decided that that's what we would do. Well, she was... Um, Paige, Tammy's daughter, was like eight months plus pregnant. <laughs> ready to pop. Ready to pop at the time. And um, and she was like, you know, I think that's it's a little bit far away to be pregnant in Europe um, because if, if the baby's going to come, I need to get back to the Air Force Base. So Paloma, my granddaughter, can have dual citizenship and be born, you know, in those conditions, not be born in Croatia and be a citizen of Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like unknown caller. Oh, hi. How you doing? Does that come on Bluetooth? Yeah. I can play whatever song you want on your outro. Oh, really? oh yeah. What song do you want to play on your out? Think about it on my outro. Yeah. Uh, I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So, so, um, so anyways, we, we chose this town called, um, Ravine, Ravine, Croatia, and it's on. You know, we the our our whole thing was like we wanted to get married, um, on on the shore, of, of the of of you know like the Adriatic Sea. The Adriatic Sea, exactly. I wanted I wanted to be able to to do that, you know, and, and it was kind of cool, man. And and so, fifteen family members, me, Tammy, um. A couple people from the program, our friends. Yeah, we all went to um, Ravine, Croatia. What the fuck? And we like, where are we going to do this at? Like, like the day of the wedding. Like, like this is re- something really cool about my wife. <laughs> She's got an internal compass that I'm not afraid to follow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but but it's our wedding day. Like we've got you know. Um, our friend who's ordained to do the wedding and, and like all these people and everything. And I'm like, Tammy, where are we actually, you know, I know we're in Croatia. I know we're in the town that we wanted to do it, but we need to find the place that we're going to do it. And she goes, well, let's just go for a walk and we'll find a place. <laughs> and um, I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm already, I'm, I've already learned, you know, that, that, I can follow her spirit anywhere. You know what I mean? And, um, and we walked for probably, um, three blocks along, along the, 
the little walkway that goes along the, the coast there, man. And we see this place that's got like these stairs that, that, that stone steps, you know, that go down, 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 down. And then there's like this little outcropping that overlooks the water. And in the middle of it, there's like a monument with a big um, brass cross in, on top of it. And it's just like just enough room for our wedding party. And it's, it's, you know, just like the perfect spot. And, um, and she goes, this is it. This is where we're doing it. And uh, I'll show you pictures later of it. The place is just like, like how, how do you, so the place um, is seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's a sidewalk cafe. And they have tables and umbrellas and everything like that throughout the whole tourist season. We got there two days after tourist seasons left, and it was emptied out. Wow. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and fairy book wedding, man. It was just like you, I could not imagine, like, just, I couldn't describe what I wanted and have it be any better than what, what we got, you know, and neither could she. Like, the amazing sunrise over the Dalmatian Islands, you know, um, a, a three-masted sailing ship going across the, across the sun, su- sunset, I'm sorry, the sunset, you know, this beautiful sunset. As, as you're getting married. As we're getting married, oh, right? Oh, come on. All, all these, um, like, people were up on the, up on, like, just watching, you know. Oh, my just God. Like, <laughs> so like, fucking cool. It's amazing, man. Our wedding pictures are just like, wow. So, what was the deal with the steps going into the water? Because oh, yeah, oh, that's that's during our honeymoon. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So we went to um, different towns, different places. We went to this place called Blood Lake in Slovenia. Um, we went to Austria. We went to different places in Croatia. We went to this town called Zadar in Croatia, and it's also on the on the on the water, right? And um, and it's you know. Romans ruled that town at a, at, at a time. There's ruins from Rome, and there's just like, it's rumored that Christ walked there, and it's just like, just this amazing place, right? Um, I, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, who's a well, well-known, well you know. Horror writer. Horror writer, but he was also very, very um, traveled. Okay. And he stated that the, the city of Zadar has the most beautiful sunsets in the world. So I wanted to see it, you know, along the way, um, we realized that, um, they have the sea organ there. And what that is, there's this like marble walkway that goes along the water. And, and there's like, like a ship can pull right up next to the walkway and tie off right there, you know, like, like the water's right there. Um, at the end of this walkway, there's a set of steps that that carve down into the water and at the at the ones at the water level there's these air vents that are carved and you can google this the 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 sea organ of zadar you know and um and the water slaps up against these um steps and it pushes air inside these vents and these that air powers an organ that's built into the walkway and the sea is playing this you know, this melody, man, that, that only the sea could come up with it. Like, it's very random and just, you know, just. What? Yeah, dude. And, and so that. So here, here it is, B-Griff. I'm, sh- I'm showing him what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Bro, what 
what the fuck? Yeah. And so like, like this is overwhelming to me. That's never been anywhere unless you were chained to somebody on a bus. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like just like I sat on these steps and I wept, bro. I want to see, this is a video of what it sounds like. Oh, maybe. That's fucking gnarly. So I'm sitting on these steps, immersed in this sound, just weeping, man. And I couldn't think of anything to do but call Edward. (laughs) (laughs) And I I called him, and I told him where I was. And what I was experiencing, and he said, you know, Kenny, you're a long ways from the foreyard in Donovan. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's a fact. Wow. You know? And, uh, and wow, you know, how real is that, right? Like, uh, like Conditioned to failure. Conditioned to failure. If justice was served, I wouldn't have experienced that, man. You know, it's like... I got to give a shout out to my wife, man. She is, she is, she has been like, like I know I'm the big strong dude and all that shit, man, but she has been the leader and the nurturer of, of my life and my recovery. Um, she's, she's, she's nursed me through so much shit, man. The loss of my mom, you know, which was devastating. And, um, COVID, you know, uh, surgeries four surgeries on my shoulder you know um and she's she's like dude she encourages me so much to be better on a daily basis man and 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 i i cherish that man and 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 i see that like in dustin's life man and i cherish that in ian's life and it's so many of my people's life man that that that, um how do we get here you know um i i acknowledge these things, man, as, as miracles in my life, man. And I think, uh, you know, it goes back to, to, to the beginning, man, of, of Crash, man. It's like, you know, we believe in miracles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we can find a life that's, that's worth living. And, and, and my friend Buzz always says, you know, this is life and life more abundant. You know, recovery is life and life more abundant, man. And, and dude, I'm so blessed. So blessed, you know, to, to have been there, you know, to, to hold my grandchildren, to, to, um, continue this recovery thing, man. I'm, I'm very involved in my recovery to this day and I'm not going to let my foot off the gas. Fuck yeah. You know, I'm not going to let my foot off the gas. I do, uh, I do, uh, you know, outreach work, you know, uh, hospitals and institutions, uh, sanctioned and non-sanctioned by, by the program and, you know. Um, and, and, and it's so fulfilling, man. Uh, and I get to hang out with the best dudes and I get to do the most amazing stuff. You know what, man? I caught a 254 pound bluefin this year. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kenny's, I, Kenny's 100% yeah. all in on fishing. Yeah. I'm all angler. In, uh, Straight I'm all, the fuck I'm all in on, yeah. the, on the big bluefin fishing, man. Fuck yeah. That's fucking massive. I love that shit, man. I love to go on ocean adventures, man. It's just like fucking viking shit getting out there and fucking yeah you know 
100 miles yeah. out to sea fighting giant fish and just, yeah. Fucking, That's fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> fucking bloody decks, baby. Bloody decks. You know the fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. How'd you get yeah. into that? Well, you know, I, I had done a little bit of fishing um, when I was younger, you know, but never nothing to that extreme. It, but uh, in my first round of recovery early on, you know, I met a dude, his name's uh, Brian, and um, and he took me like half day fishing out out of the harbor here, man. And we would go and we'd catch yellowtail and shit. And he, and he always told me stories about, um, you know, these long range trips and these like that go after big fish, you know, and I was like, you know, I've caught 20 pound fish and stuff like that with him, man. And just like had a blast. I couldn't yeah. imagine what catching, you know, uh triple digit fish was like, man. Um, and, uh, I'm not shackled <laughs> anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not shackled. Like, like there, there's, n- there's nothing I can't do. See, I really felt like my options were so limited because of my past, because of my obsession, because like, like I, I, normalcy was not available to me, you know, doing things, having adventures, you know, going to Europe, all this stuff was just like foreign. You know, <laughs> like, I might be able to read about it in a book, right? you right. know, but I'm never going to be able to experience um, these things. And, and, Look, I've had a spiritual awakening, you know, and and in that, I've found that, see, way back when I was a little kid, bro, my spirit was stifled, you know, and 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 it wasn't fed, and I never found things to feed my spirit, and for my my spiritual growth was nil, you know, so so getting clean. I've found ways to feed my spirit and, and, and to nurture my spirit. And I, and I do that through, um, through recovery, through, um, interactions with other recovering addicts who through, um, you know, there's so many things that I I'm finding and I'm always searching for new ways to feed my spirit, you know? Um, and my spirit has grown, you know, but all those 40, whatever years that my spirit experienced no growth you know um so so you figure i might have shut my spirit down about probably three four years old you know with no growth and then i found recovery and i'm going to call it 46 years because that's when the obsession was removed you know at 46 now i'm 58 now you know so there's 46 to 58 that's 12 years and then add another three, 13, 14, 15. I got, an, I got a fucking retarded spirit, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a retarded spirit, man. And, and I'm still looking for ways to feed it and for ways to make it grow, man. And I'm finding them in the most amazing ways. Right. You know? Uh, wow. You know? There's something spiritual about pulling on a 254-pound <laughs> tuna, bro. Yeah. Believe it or not, or or, or being being out to sea in a storm or what whatever. There's just like, man, my spirit's full. Just right now, sitting here with you, you guys who are like, you know, quiet as a skeptic. You guys are my fucking heroes. <laughs> Thank you. You, know, I you mean, guys are doing the deal, man. And I'm so like, I get such a sense of pride to to watch Dustin in his life and Ian in his life and 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 these guys who um. I, Andrew, who's 
He's he's. Oh, there he is, you big dumb oaf. You know, seeing seeing the, the, them having successes and getting married and getting ready to have kids and and life experiences that that we thought we were going to be um uh, excluded from. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I thought that my history excluded me from from the, all these possibilities. You know, I. Uh, something about holding babies for me man it's just like wow you know um that that feeds my spirit there's there's so many ways that i've found to feed my spirit and um and experience spiritual growth man but 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 number one is through the recovery scene Mm -hmm. you know number one is like like i've got a couple dudes right now who are fresh you know and 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 they're not even working their steps yet they're still reading the literature and learning the language you know and 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 interacting with them and 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 i just get next to their fire bro and i get warmth you know what i mean fuck what an analogy yeah it's so it's so true yeah damn my recovery is a fire fuck i know that's fucking so accurate you could because you, you put some days together. You think you got, you know, we got this going down. My fire gets stifled a bit. It's fucking, it gets subsided. And then something kicks off to where I fucking start pumping the oxygen into that motherfucker. We need to yeah. get this thing blazing. But to be uh, on, on the sponsorship side of things, to f- like fucking helping somebody feed their fucking fire and getting something from it, that's yeah. that's the biggest part of it, right? So real, bro. Right. So real. You know, I remember like like I would, I would go back to crash a lot. Like I did like three or four overnights there uh, a, a week and, and came and gave groups and talked to the guys and stuff. And I just tried to be a presence in, in the house to, to help them along their way, you know, but in that process, I started to get, you know, you know, get that swollen head. Cause I, cause like I would walk in there and they go, Oh my God, there's Kenny. You know, this is, this is like this standing Oak of recovery with deep roots, you know, and just like he's solid as fucking his recovery and shit, man. And I think I was like maybe 18 months clean at the time, man. And still struggling with life issues and stuff like that. But then I would leave there and I would go to a meeting, man. And I would get around the real oaks <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean some og's realize, in the game realize man i'm just a tiny little sprout man and 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 seeking that nourishment man was key you know so i got ar- i got around people in recovery man that 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 were what was that that kevin used to say man kevin used to say look if you're trying to get to la don't start hitchhiking south yeah you know what i mean get get in a car that's going the direction you're going you know it and 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 learn from those people man and 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 that's what i've done man I, i've got amazing friends right now man i've just i've just um gone through this thing you know uh, you know about my surgeries and stuff like that i've kind of just like completely blown out my shoulder and it's it's never going to be what it was and i'm never going to be able to work um heavy construction again which has been my life you know my life's work you know uh, all I know, you know, running heavy equipment and tearing stuff up and pushing dirt around and all that, um, has come to an end. And, and I've had, um, this time of healing, you know, from the surgeries that I just don't know what directions my life's going to go at this point, man. But, um, it's a new chapter for me, man. So I, I've gone, I've gone through some schooling and, and I have a direction that I want to go, man. And kind of share that with you guys a little bit right now. Um, I got certified as a um, prison reentry 
I'm a counselor. No shit. Really? I've gotten certified as um, a uh, interventionist, um, as as a sober coach, and I have um, designs in my brain, and I'm just trying to figure out how it's I'm going to make it work. I've still got some time before I can actually go back to work from this injury, mm-hmm. um, but but to try to make it work, what I want to do is is um, get involved in the prison system. And, and get in there and do like one-on-one interventions with people who um, are as hopeless as I was, you know, who are looking for a way out and, and, and have um, options for them, you know, uh, resources for them and, and, and you know, kind of give them, you know, basically use my story to help others, which is um, uh, a continuation of honoring my miracle, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm motivated. Fuck yeah. I, I'm motivated by how it's what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I'm getting a little bit old, you know, I'm a little bit too, uh, I don't want to be breaking concrete for till I drop. No, right. you know, I want, I want it, to, it's, it's, it's served its purpose. Yeah. And, and, and I think that I can be very effective. I think so know? too. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I'm uh, fucking yeah, excited to uh, see you chase that down, man. Yeah. So, so Fuck. without a doubt. Yeah. And, and I'm, so, to be real honest with you, I'm completely lost with, like, I've got these certificates. What do I do with them? Right. <laughs> do I hang these on the wall? Do I carry them with me? You know, because I don't know about, like, they said, oh, you got to form an LLC and you got to, you know, We can help you with that. Yeah, just all this stuff that I need I need to do to make it all go into work. But I've, I, I feel like, you know, God has, like, given me this uh, opportunity to... Um, make this happen like like you know like it's it's a continuation of my miracle man. and 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 i i see good things coming from it and and it, i don't see I, I, how could it possibly be failure you know no uh, you have some formal good. hoops yeah. to jump through but yeah. you already got the you got what's going to get through to any fucking convict or any fucking career criminal you have the shit that they need to hear yeah and the fucking the rest of the formalities that'll come and that'll go but you're gonna fucking yeah. change. You're gonna save some fucking people. What, yeah, like what they what they gotta hear is that that um, you know, it's possible for them too. Like like, if a fuck up like me can get to where I'm at right now in my life, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, they can come out and hold their grandbabies too. You know? <laughs> they can come out and and someday go to Europe, man. Like like I was afraid when I first got to crash, man. I was afraid to go on my first initial like like um. They send you down for a for a TB test, like yeah. two days after you get there or yep. what, whatever you know. And I was afraid to go from from that place in downtown to Point Loma um, to the clinic because I I had not been in society at all, you know, with without being uh, escorted and handcuffed, man. And and here I had to like go ride a bus and a subway and go out in the community and do this thing and then and then come back. <laughs> no, I didn't think I was going to make it. Right. You know, <laughs> it was ridiculous, man. So I'm on the subway coming back from that place, not the subway, you know, the trolley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm sitting there and, um, and this guy is on the, on the trolley there and he, and he comes up and he goes, he's, Hey man, did you just get out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I got the look. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm like, yeah. And he's, he's like, man, I got whatever you need, brother. Oh, whatever you, whatever you want, man, it's on me. <laughs> Misery loves company. Right. 
And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm in a pro, you know, they, 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 yeah, they give you this thing. That I'm in a program. I can't to, talk to you. Yeah. Say to anybody, I'm on a program. I can't really talk to you right now. But if you want to give me 20 bucks. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, he, he flipped me a 20 spot, you know, but 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 uh, but I didn't take drugs from that guy. man. So thank God I didn't. Oh, it's just, yeah, thanks yeah. for the double cheeseburger, homeboy. Yeah, yeah. wherever you uh, are. Side yeah. trip, real it quick. Actually, to get it, yeah. it was actually enough to keep me in smokes for the week or that's whatever. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I figured that's what it was because smoking the fucking rollies oh, uh, was fucking horrible. Yeah. I yeah. only did that one day, and I begged and pleaded for people to bring me cartons. Yeah, so I saw I smoking Taylors my first week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, <laughs> I used to roll buglers. No, 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 this wasn't, this, this wasn't this bugle. Is, this, this was pipe straight tobacco. up to pipe tobacco that you'd put in. They buy, papers. they buy a humongous because cigarettes were free. Yeah, right. So, so you'd get like a coffee, like five cigarettes were bag. free, but that was it was managed. But I mean, this bag would be a fucking five pound bag of straight pipe tobacco, like five dollars <laughs> for a five the pound long, bag. stringy fucking tobacco, and motherfuckers would be out there rolling it and fucking. Smoking it. I smoked those for six months. Yeah. Did you probably? Yes. You didn't have nothing coming? No one. My parents were like, well, you shouldn't even be smoking cigarettes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. It was rough. Yeah. There could be, like, there could be, like, it was the cheapest shit available to smoke. Yeah. Like, like you would would go down there and they'd go, you know, there'd be these big bags of tobacco and there'd be one that was, like, cigarette tobacco and it'd be, like... 18 bucks and then there's another one that's like you know premium pipe tobacco yeah so that you went all the way down there to the very end and there was the one that was like seven bucks you know yeah that's what we were smoking perfect it was not perfect it was probably stale (laughs) i know no it definitely was we were the only people buying it i remember when i uh i took i took money to go get it one time and i went and bought a, a good bag and i'm like Sorry, this is all they had. You know what I mean? The house was like, yeah. <laughs> I did what I could. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Took one for the team. I did, yeah. yeah. No, did you get contracted for that? No, no, no. No, I just no slip? No, no. No, you just come Fuck back. No, and like, I was hey, a fucking man, hero. They're like, God damn, dude, my throat doesn't hurt today. Thank you. No, yeah, no problem. <laughs> we we hey, would get Bueller it, you know, when a graduate you, would come back and yeah, like right, right. be like, oh yeah, I bought a oh, bag of Bueller right. for the house, and yeah. then it'll be gone in like two days. That's true. Oh, that, yeah. that that happened often too. Yeah. Yeah. No. And remember, it was like manipulation. You know what I mean? So like, hey guys, don't forget, I bought the good tobacco. So you know, Wednesday comes along. <laughs> that, that, don't worry about my name on that slip, huh? That whole program revolved around the cigarette break, you know. Oh like, yeah, like, for sure. Even people that didn't smoke, like, became became hardcore smokers. smokers they right? did. <laughs> By At the least time they left my home. wife did when she was at the woman's crash. She never smoked cigarettes even in her using days. Yeah. She gets the crash and she becomes a fucking smoker because you're so yeah. fucking stressed out. Are they yeah. still doing that? Are they still buying them tobacco and giving it to them? I don't know. I I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine so. But who knows now? I mean, fuck. It's changed so much. You yeah. know, the fucking uh, goddamn Medi-Cal probably pays for it now. Yeah. <laughs> and Medi-Cal is probably like, yeah, no. <laughs> right. I mean, it's bad I for mean, your heart. Well, fuck, you can do Suboxone, you know, yeah, or methadone there And now, there's no so. more exile. Yeah, so. there's no more exile, yeah. What? Yeah, no. the, the program has completely changed from yeah, what you, it was when we were in there. It's uh, It was too rough on people. Uh, yeah. It'll People will continue to die from not getting what you guys got. And it will, somebody will be like, some rich person will be like, I got a hundred grand. Let's get a building and we can do it the old way. Right. Well, I, yeah. I, I talked to Edward a couple of weeks back and he was, he was stating that there are some changes going to be happening for the better for crash. Right. So I was excited to hear that. Yeah. And he didn't, I didn't get into details with him, so I don't know, 
But, you know, just by him saying that, I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in one thing, man. It, any program will work if you're ready. Yeah. You yeah. I mean, when you're done, you're just fucking done and you know it. Yeah. You know, I can't do this anymore. When you get to that point, yeah. that's when you're open to um, suggestion. Yeah. Although yeah. the big thing about crash is if you're on the fence and you give it a chance, it has a tendency to make you done. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had no intention of staying clean. Oh, yeah. Neither I had I. no intention of staying clean when I got to crash. You know, uh, I had the obsession, and all I wanted was for the shitstorm to stop. Yep. Right. You know, I wanted to have some kind of effect on my sentencing, and, and, and no way possible did I believe that I was going to stay clean for nearly 12 years. Right. You know? There's no, like, I couldn't imagine that I was going to go to Europe and get married. I couldn't imagine that I would ever see my grandkids or, or, or my own kids, you know, like right. I, I have kids that I abandoned in my, in my, in my addiction, addiction. Yeah, totally. And, and, and I thought that the relationships with those kids was over. Like, like I wasn't ever going to be able to repair the damage that I had done, but, um, but I, I'm really close with my son. I'm really close with my daughter. Um, my oldest son is, is having his issues right now, but I love him to death, man, and he knows I'm here for him. Right. You know what I mean? But, but um, wow. Yeah, Crash is a fucking magical place. Yeah. It is. I mean, it literally taught me how to make my bed every day, shave yep. my face, because you had to shave your face every day. You couldn't have any facial hair. Yeah. You know, so, and... and yeah, I look the, like a fucking turtle. I know. <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest thing that has impacted my life Besides, like, you know, making the bed and doing all that other bullshit, and I clearly don't shave every day, but <laughs> it was to be on time and be there before. Oh, yep. And honestly, that's... If that's, you're not 15 minutes early, you're, you're late. My, all my jobs have ended up being because I didn't show up, or I was late, or I had to go get dope, or whatever. And the job that I had from Crash, I was there on time before... And I was always available. And that's the one thing that it's instilled in me. Like, show up, suit up, and get there before you're supposed to be there. Me too, brother. Me and Tammy have it out all the time. Because she's one of them people that were like, you know, makeup and all that shit, you know. And like, so what if we're five minutes late or whatever. But I'm like, look, we have to be there. Like, if you've ever had consequences behind being late, you know. um, You learn to be early. You learn to be early, yeah. And, And so, like, like. I mean, they went as far as setting all the clocks ahead 15 minutes at crash. <laughs> if you had a watch, you had to have that set to their time. Because if you weren't 15 minutes late, early, you were late. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, that's almost 12 years later, and I'm still 15 minutes early to every meeting. Yeah. But I might be out in the car waiting for my wife to quit poking at her phone, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> Andrew, you got any parting words for our man? Like I said in the beginning, um, you had an instrumental impact on my recovery because you did your first graduate group there when I was still on the fence. Um, I'm hoping that one day I can do one of these podcasts and explain my story, but um, it I was looking at a lot of time over my head, and it was federal time, so... I knew, like, there's a very real chance I'll get out of this place and I'm going to be going to prison. Um, But hearing your story gave me hope 
and it made me kind of buckle down and actually give the program a chance to work. And because I graduated from Crash, I think that's one of the main things that changed my judge's mind. Mm-hmm. And um, my recovery isn't anywhere near perfect, but um, I've always... A lot of times I'm asking myself, like, what would Kenny do in this situation? Like, in the toughest situations, I think to myself, like, if I called Kenny right now, what what would his advice be? And, like, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel the same way you do of I was given grace, and I need to live that every single day. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're a recovery idol of mine and I just really appreciate you coming here and sharing your story. Thank you. I remember, um, going out on the balcony with you, man. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think Edward or Kevin said, look, you need to talk to this kid right here, man, because, uh, you know, he, he needs some, he needs some inspiration, man. And, and, and I remember the talk that we had and we probably spent like 40 minutes out there just talking when you were real early, man. And, and uh, that fed my spirit and, mm-hmm. and also the words that you just said yeah really fed my spirit thank you mm-hmm. Dustin yeah. so uh, there's so many it's like I want to take my time to put, you know for this but you know with with you know the work that you've done with Ian um me being so close to him and seeing like the work that he's that you and him are doing like the obsession you know like he was so fucking obsessed mm-hmm. you know and yeah, who knows what would happen if you guys didn't meet or whatever the case may be, but I just know that Ian is a better person because of the things that you guys do together. And I'm completely grateful for that because for all of us to stay clean and, and have this life is fucking a miracle. It doesn't really happen. You know, somebody always veers off and does their own thing. But, um, you know, same. I have the same story, you know, as Andrew, too. You know, you came in, you gave donations, you know, I thought, hey, that was really cool. And then when I got out of the program, I, I end up going to Holly Street and like there you are again, you know, in the corner with Jen, Aaron, my sponsor now, Dennis, you know what I mean? The whole corner shop people, you know, and like even when we sat there the other night, I fucking feel at home in that meeting, you know, and you're a big, you're a 100% a big part of that. And I'm just super fucking grateful that you're in my life and you know, I've been able to fucking watch and whenever I share, because you listening to you share and talking about your spirit is what helped me understand my spirit and exactly what happened. And about, you know, when that time frame started, the moment that I was physically abused, that's when my spirit was fucking broken. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because I fucking picked up because I, I didn't pick up, you know, not until, uh, 16, you know, 16 was my first glimpse of fucking, you know, weed. But from there, um, you know, that point in my life, my spirit was stopped, stopped. And then I just fed all the bullshit and it just kept fucking drowning my spirit until I fucking got woken up by fucking recovery. Poisoned. You know, and then next thing I know, you know, now it's like, in it, you know, with my group of friends, I'm like the oldest one too, you know what I mean? But my spirit is so fucking high, I can run fucking circles around half of them half the time. No offense. but you know what i mean like because my my spirit is finally coming back up you know and i am able to do 
you know, some of those things. And a lot of it's just fucking watching you. You know, I don't even not need, it doesn't even, when you're in a meeting, they say shut the fuck up and sit on your fucking hands. You know what I mean? You don't need to be that guy that fucking big dicks and I'm fucking Mr. Recovery. If you shut the fuck up and you sit on your hands, you're going to, you're going to hear some shit, you know, and whenever you fucking share Kenny, I listen, you know, and the phone goes down and whatever the case may be, man. But, uh, people are going to know that this show is fucking amazing and you just fucking really just set the fucking bar really fucking high, brother. This has been a fucking absolute great show. I'm so fucking thankful that you came on and shared. And it's funny, real quick, too. I was These fucking people, you know, in recovery, they fucking tell stories. So my, you know, thought of the shooting was I always heard, like, yeah, Kenny got into a shootout with some fucking cops. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then to actually hear it, you know what I mean? It was like, holy shit. And the story that you told was much better than the one I heard. So much better. Fuck yeah. Me. The truth is they, they have shot at me, but. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It's probably Dennis, you fucking fat prick. <laughs> Kenny, I've, uh, I've known you since I've moved to San Diego on a very surface level. I, I used to go to the Thursday night up at, uh, the school mm-hmm. and, we're still happening. Still happening. Plug for that meeting, 7 p.m. now. Yep, USD. If you yep. need to look it up, look it up, Google it, um, or hit us up, and we'll tell you. But uh, I just, as soon as I saw you, it was, Isabella had just been born, and you were just holding this baby and smiling, and, like, you're pretty heavily tatted dude, and anybody who knows anything can look at me like, I know where he got those tattoos. And, like, I was like, this is a hard fucking man, and he probably ran really fucking hard, and he is happy and fucking like just you have this like good like I'm a good person and I'll be there for you. And like that's all I've ever known about you. Just that's a good man. And like he's solid and he, he's he got a story, but he's not defined by it. And I don't know this fucking person that this this story that I just heard. I don't know that guy, but I fucking love the dude that I do know. Me neither. Thank God. And I'm. Yeah. I look forward to years of becoming a closer friend to you, man. It's a fucking privilege to have heard your story. This is by far the closest I've been. Like, I, I've, there was a point where I was, like, welling up with tears. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, no, I was too, for it, sure. It's fucking, it was powerful, man. Thank you. What do you, uh, yeah. what what song are we going to send you out to? Oh, Slipknot, People Equal Shit. <laughs> fuck Hell yeah. I got yeah. that dialed. I know, man. There's a few times in, in this podcast where I was just like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I thought it was going to be Johnny Cash, to be quite honest. No, nah, I was thinking about nah. Willie Nelson Breathe because that's me and my wife's, like, favorite song together. Yeah, but, yeah. Slipknot fucking fucks. They, they do. I they met do. Jim Root this summer at Sturgis. Nice. Yeah, he was fucking awesome, so shout out to you if you ever hear this. Hey, I just want to say one thing real yeah, quick, sure. man, before we, before we pull out, man, is that, that you know, there's a lot of things that feed my spirit, man, but, but watching the growth and seeing the growth and like attending Dustin's wedding and watch, watching Andrew fucking, you know, get back on his horse and start riding again, man. And, and, and just this whole group, this LFG thing that you guys have got going and, and just seeing things like this, man, um, lift me up like, like nothing else, man. Seeing seeing Clea and her thing that she's got going on and the girls that are all involved with her yeah. and the give backs that they do and the things that you guys do together, man, um, are so inspiring to me, man, that I know I'm in the right place and I'm doing the right thing, you know. 
on a daily basis, man. If I ever need any entertainment, man, I can just look like look to you guys. And um, and you know, sometimes it's comedy, sometimes it's drama, man. But it's always you know um, something that I I look forward to seeing, man. And, and, and I love you, dudes, man. I love you too, I man. Love well, you there goes too, the I love you too. welling up again. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. No homo. <laughs> been another episode of the LSG 1904 show. You know the fucking deal. Let's fucking go, man. I'm gonna wait for it to kick in. Let it kick in. Takes a minute. We got a minute. Fuck it. Fuck it. More than a minute again, right? Here we go. Open up this fucking pit! Do this all day. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah.